Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I've got Green Bean, the Jets fan, and Matt O'Leary, NY. We will have Jake Asman joining us at about 8.30 or so. He's coming home from work. Um, but Green Bean, how you doing tonight? Oops, sorry, you're muted. That's my bad. Are you muted Try me? that again. Oh, I muted okay. you. Yeah, I did oh, the double man. tap. <laughs> and I was singing so much. Uh, I said, I'm awesome tonight, man. I'm in a good mood. I, I I like the new view for Matt. That that does something for me. I don't know why. I'm extremely interested in looking around. And I love when you're wearing the hat, dude. So what could be wrong over here? I'm doing great. There can't be anything wrong. I love it. I love it. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, it's like bizarro, Matt, over here because I'm on my work computer. So I have like an L-shaped desk so you're just seeing like a different side uh, i was getting ready the mac might have finally just stopped spazzing out i was literally gonna throw it off right off the wall i was hashtag done with it um so yeah this is what we're getting tonight we're gonna, we're gonna deal with it and we'll power through all right so you're saying at the number four overall pick you were looking to secure a top computer with your draft yeah. capital that'd be nice <laughs> that would be ideal yes correct very very cool all right so <laughs> We've got green bean cooking, and we got Matt a little little freeze beaning up. But uh, let's let's go around. We got a, a bunch of things we could talk about tonight. Um, I guess where I'd like to start some stuff off. Let me let me go back over here. I got to get my my topics up real quick. Uh, before we get into anything, make sure you drop a like on this video for every twenty five people that like this video. We're going to pick a qualifier for a t shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. So drop a comment and leave a like. And possibly we will be able to get you a shirt. And if you're watching after the fact, make sure you comment down below and uh, you get entered for next week's shirt. Um, all right. So I see Edward Ziff over here. He wants me to talk about a trade scenario, but I want to I hold off until Jake gets on. So I'm going to have you guys remind me about Ed's trade down situation because I hmm. we're talking about it. <laughs> so I'll get it. Um, all right. So... When is the last time we were on? Was Joe Judge fired already? Did we have like this conversation about everything going on in uh, Giant Land and how that might affect us? I don't remember. I don't I think know. so. Okay, let's go. Let's go over there real quick. This is kind of an interesting topic. I want to get your thoughts on. So Joe Judge gets fired by the uh, the New York Giants, uh, and the reason that's important to us is because they got the fifth and seventh picks, so they're gonna be making two selections in front of the New York Jets. So if one of them is possibly looking for a quarterback or something that we're not looking for, that would be uh, a okay. So uh, green bean, or actually Matt, we'll go to Matt first. How do you feel about the firing of Joe judge? Who do you think they wind up getting and what direction you think they go in the draft? Um, I think Brian Dable is going to end up being their next coach. Um, hmm. And I think he's going to go in a package deal with the, I forget his name off the top of my head, but there's a Buffalo Sean. executive. Yeah. Thank you. There's a Buffalo yeah. executive who's been interviewing and I think they're going to be a package deal. And I think it'd be a smart hire, to be honest with you. I like, I like mm -hmm. Dable a lot and you know, the bills organization have done a, a lot of, you know, things really well over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they would be smart to look for a new quarterback. I, I don't think you could run it back with Daniel Jones now, whether that is trading for one or finding one in free agency or drafting one. I don't know, but hey, I am all in on getting the Kenny Pickett propaganda going and trying to get somebody to trade up to four. 
Green Bean, what about you? How are you feeling about the Giants and them firing Joe Judge? How does that affect their selections at five and seven? All right, good talk. So Joe Judge being fired, this is interesting for me. And I do agree with Matt. I think that the um, – Keep muting me. Why that, you keep muting me? I didn't mute you. That was you. No, <laughs> I, you I didn't, didn't mute me. I didn't mute right, you. So okay. You go. Here's the thing. Gettle, you know what was cool about that? I thought they were going to keep Joe Judge because they, they made Gettleman retire, right? Which would make it seem like, hey, we're not forcing the GM, the, a new GM to work with Joe Judge. We're just our GM retired or you know resigned or whatever. So we're going to be able to do this a quiet way. And then they fired Joe Judge anyway, and they cleaned house. So I think the Giants are, are in complete disarray. I think they're a mess. Not to say they can't come out of it, but I think it's it's a good time to poke and point. If you've been waiting for a time to say some fun stuff about the Giants to Giants fans, it's, it's right now. Now's the time that you do it, and I think get your pokes in because it's good stuff. I think they're a mess. See, I actually, I, I'm a big fan of them going after, well, I guess I should say I'm not a fan because I don't want them to do better than the Jets, but I do like Brian Dable and I do like Sean as the GM. I think those would be smart hires. Gettleman came from Carolina the same way that Bean and McDermott came from Carolina. Uh, so I think him liking Daniel Jones and uh, his possible similar characteristics, think baby Josh Allen, not as big, not as strong, um, you know, not as dominant, but you know, baby, baby Josh Allen, them bringing him in. I think they run it back with Daniel Jones one more year. And I think they use their picks on offensive line, defensive line. Like I think they're a lock for Carl Loftus and Linderbaum, um, pure speculation, but I think they help out both sides of their offensive and defensive lines. Um, Matt, what do you think about my thoughts or green beans thoughts? I hope they're running back with Daniel Jones. So he fumbles 52 more times. That'd be funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Creepy. Anything more to add? Uh, no, I think it's good. So no, no, I a- listen, I would not keep Daniel Jones. I think if you get it, look, let's hypothetically, they hire Brian Flores. I think would, which would be a good move for them. I really do. I think Flores mm-hmm. is a good coach. I don't know what happened down there. Uh, I think he's good. So let's say they hire him. I would allow him to bring his own quarterback in, not the guy that that Gettleman force-fed the New York fan base. Like, I don't know what that was. I don't have any hate toward Daniel Jones, but he hasn't done anything in the years he's been here to warrant a new staff feeling pressured to keep him or anything. Just they, they have a high draft pick, take a quarterback. But I think. I don't hate quarterback going so high. I would love that. Uh, Pooch guy drops into the super chat says seeing acres has to make you feel good about Carl Lawson. They both had Achilles injuries. Was it Achilles is what acres had back in God forever ago. Was that May or June? And he came back that fast. Dude looks legit explosive. Like, I don't know. I I think watching acres run the way he ran last night makes me believe that the Rams are going to win it all. I have Rams over bills. That was my, uh, my picks for the Super Bowl as of like entering the the postseason. Uh, Matt, how are you feeling about Akers and uh, the return of Carl Lawson? Yeah, I mean, he certainly made you feel good uh, yesterday with his running performance. I thought he looked good, like he didn't miss time. 
Uh, and obviously we know with uh, Carl Lawson, we didn't get to see him in the regular season. He was looking really good in training camp in the preseason and stuff like that. So uh, my hopes are high that he is able to come back and play at a high level. Everyone's body's different, so it's not like a one-to-one -one comparison. They play different positions too. So like that, that also is a factor here. But um, I'm still excited about Lawson. I think he's going to be a good player for this team. He was in Cincinnati, and if he comes back in his – you know, what he was earlier in his career, which I think he can be, then this is a great ad for the Jets. Greenby, what about you? How are you feeling about how Akers performed last night and how does that make you feel better or worse or whatever about Carl Lawson? Oh, it, it's definitely better. I, I think it's uh, like he's the most recent kind of example we have. And it's not just Carl Lawson. It's Jamie and Sherwood. We had three uh, Achilles pops last year. So I hopefully we got that out of our system. But, yeah, man, seeing him come back and look the way he did, it's not just that he came back. He's at how he played. So I think uh, it's really a good sign because we already know that Carl Lawson's ethic is not in question, like his work ethic, his his desire. Like none of that's in question. Like Sala said when he went down, he said, this is completely freak. Like Carl Lawson does every single thing right, everything. So uh, I think that we already know that he's going to work back and do everything that he possibly can to get back. Seeing somebody that went through it and come out and play like they did, I think is a very good sign for Carl Lawson. Made me feel better. Definitely makes me feel better. I was very, very concerned with how everything was going, uh, you know, with Achilles injuries and like, oh, geez, he's explosive. What's going to happen? Maybe, maybe Edge is not as big of a need then if they think the Achilles will heal that fast. Matt, do you think maybe the Acres recovery and maybe how people have started recovering from Achilles injuries in general – does that change your thought process on the number four overall pick? No, uh, because I think they still need another one on the other side. That, that you, right now, I, I can't. Besides Bryce Huff, I couldn't tell you who they possibly could plan to be on that side. John Franklin Myers to me is going right, going right back to the inside, uh, and they're going to rotate a bunch of guys around. And I think in order to do that, they need to add more um, on the edge. So e even with Lawson coming back, and if he's you know going to play at a high level, they still need another one. Because uh, that's how weak it was. You can't get by with running, you know, Shaq Lawson out there again, or or a player of that caliber. You need another high end guy. I mean, what about you? Do you think the recovery of Acres changes the way you look at Carl Lawson, and does that impact your number four overall selection? No, I agree 100% with what Matt said. I think uh, not only uh, do you not want to put every egg in one basket, uh, but when they're injured and all that, it's just uh, it's not smart to do. I think even if Carl Lawson came out and was 100%, I would still want to go with one of the edge rushers if Hutch or Thibodeau fall and maybe even Karloftis or Ajabo. Um, I think that you definitely want him to have a partner on the other side and like kind of loosen it up for guys like Quinnen and Rankins and JFM in the middle, I think that's when we become fearsome. So I would do it. I would take an edge no matter how you slice it. Um, where'd that go? Pat Dunn drops in the Super Chat, says, walk me back from the cliff's edge with Makai Becton. Uh, Greenbean, I know you have some pretty strong thoughts on Makai Becton and how people have kind of maybe yeah. thought of a certain narrative. Why don't you take this one to start? How do you feel about Makai yeah. Becton and make uh, Pat Dunn feel a little better? Pat, check it out. Would we be all crazy upset if we heard that Zach Wilson was going to work with a trainer? Uh, if we if we heard that of our wide receivers are going to work with a meditation specialist or whatever it was, like we want to hear that while they're not in contact with the Jets organization, 
in the offseason. We want to hear that he's committed to keeping the weight off. I mean, dude, these narratives are, are, are insane. I mean, I haven't heard – I haven't seen one piece of actual proof. It's all I'm hearing stuff. That's all we ever hear. And the fact that he signed up with a nutritionist, to me, sounds like good. That's what you want to hear. It doesn't mean that he gained 600 pounds and now he's he's being wheeled around in a wheelbarrow and they have to cut him out of his house. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. It just means that the guy's committed to continuing uh, what he's being taught by the medical staff on the Jets, that he's got to eat right and do all the things uh, that we want him to do. I think it's good news. I think it's just uh, indicative of our beat and our experience as Jets fans for them to take the negative side and paint whatever negative picture that they can i heard it and i thought good matt what are your thoughts on makai becton yeah i'm i'm happy i did a video on him today about um mike garofolo had a comment and then also he you know as green bean alluded to is working with the nutritionist i think that's a great thing for makai like we were saying it all year long like no no duh a guy who's you know 350 pounds when he hurts his knee and can't move is going to put on some weight like that kind of just seemed like the inevitable there um but my expectations for him are sky high for next year i think he comes back and is an immediate impact guy just like what he was as a rookie last year i thought you know he was really good in 2020 and i'm i, I can't give up on someone who's that talented after you know a lost sophomore season i, I think you got to give him another run yeah, I completely agree. I do think that it's good. He's getting a nutritionist. This is the third time he's had one since 2018. Uh, third that we know of. He could have had had more than that. Um, but each time that he had it, 2018 going into 2019, he winds up having an elite season, gets taken number 11 overall because of it. Uh, then he gets a nutritionist just before the combine, comes in and puts up one of the highest RAS scores um, that we've seen in, in quite some time, uh, especially for someone of his size. So I do think we should expect good things to come from this nutritional thing. It just kind of like irritates me that this wasn't something that was already constantly being monitored. Like it just kind of irritates me uh, to some extent. I would say this. I would say I am uh, hopefully optimistic about Makai Becton, but I want to be prepared for the worst case situation, which is why I think taking offensive lineman at number four isn't that crazy of an ask. Like, for me, I think number four is going to be an offensive lineman unless Thibodeau or Hutchinson is there. Um, I get the feeling that – I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't get that feeling. Maybe it's going to be edge and then it's going to be like Linderbaum or something at 10. But I should just get this out of my head. But I think banking on – I think you have to – you can't bank on Beckton being here beyond next year. I think you – you plan for him to be, but you also plan for him not to be while also giving you the flexibility of like, so Mekhi Becton, George Fant, both up on contracts uh, after next year. I think if you prepare for a possible moving on from Mekhi Becton, well, uh, we lost Green Bean. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, all right. Let's see. Let me let me go back to some super chats because I'm, I'm going to start missing some here. All right. Manny Romano. Manny Romano says, appreciate all you guys do. I may start my own channel because of all of you. Sweet. Highly recommended. Bleacher Report uh, just reported Jets want to deal number 10. Thoughts? Uh, I don't mind it, I guess. Um, it depends what we're going to go up and look for or what we're looking to trade down for or trade it for. Um, if we're trading it for a wide receiver, 
I would go hard after DK Metcalf, I think, um, if I had to give up number 10. Um, I don't particularly want to. I would say number four is the one I would prefer to trade, if any. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think if they were, it would be like a trade back kind of scenario. I, I would be surprised if they gave up pick 10 for a player. I, I do think the second rounders are in play, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I saw the name Calvin Ridley come up, and while I'm interested in Ridley, but not for, for 10 overall, 35 mm-hmm. or 38 is a completely different story. Um, and I like DK Metcalf a lot. I just I don't know if I could do a pick 10 for that. It, it's it's a tough ask, but if it's to move back and give you more assets, then that might seem a little bit more likely. Yeah, maybe a trade back with like the Saints, and the Saints give you like uh, either Ramchick or Marshawn Lattimore, get a fat contract off their salary cap, and we get you know someone out of position in need. They could jump in front of Washington, get their quarterback, right? Bingo, bango, good. bongo. I would love it. Uh, Kyle Ormsby, we need to sign a wide receiver in free agency. Draft needs to be on defense. Um. Greenbean, we'll let you jump in on this question first. Uh, Kyle Ormsby says we need to sign a free agent wide receiver. Draft should be utilized on defense. Your thoughts? I agree. I think go out there and get a big boy if you want. Go get Allen Robinson on a down year. You can get him for the cheap, make him uh, an incentive-laden contract. Like, you know, I don't know, $14 million with incentives if he makes it to X, you know, goal you you know you give him 17 and whatever he had a rough year because of injury and all in addition to I me mean, chicago was in disarray man they had a kind of a little bit of a of a merry-go-round with quarterbacks nagy got fired like it was a, it was different it was tough there this year so he had a down year i think it's an opportunity to get a guy that last year we were talking about uh getting for like minimum 20 million we were talking about i think you might be able to get him less but even if it's not him i think bringing in a, a free agent wide receiver would be smart and using the top end of the draft on defense, that's it's stronger in defense up top. So I think that would be at least something to consider. Uh, if you love a wide receiver, uh, Burks or something at 10, that's fine too. But I think I'd, I'd rather see a free agent wide receiver, somebody that's a proven commodity, and then get uh, use the defense, uh, use a draft for defense too. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about free agent wide receiver and using the draft to focus on the defense? Why? You're gonna like every is the, is Kyle saying that every pick? Well, how many picks they have? Nine. You're gonna take nine. I don't defense. think he means all of them. I think he means the primary assets. I think that's. I think we can kind of like maybe the top three of the top four. We'll, we'll pretend is what he's talking about with both first rounders being devoted to the defense. Uh I don't know, Alan. And like, if we're looking at who's available, like, are we gonna pay another Corey Davis like contract for Michael Gallup? I don't know how much that's moving the needle forward. Allen Robinson uh, scares me after this year. He might, like, he's getting up there in age. He might be trending in the wrong direction. You know, wide receivers, when sometimes when they get to 30, it's that's about it for them. He's got to be close to 30 right now, if not already. Godwin, I, I don't know. He's coming off a major injury now. Um, there's not really a free agent wide receiver that I love. So if Kyle has somebody in mind, uh, maybe we could have that discussion. But there's... I, I don't know. I'm not intrigued by this wide receiver free agent class. Um, on the the draft side, though, I am. Um, and there's a lot more free agents on the defensive side of the ball uh, that I'm interested in. So I'd probably go the opposite of this, actually. Yeah, I think I would as well. Um, I definitely – I could see there's some situations where you bring in someone like Allen Robinson, and I'm not 
opposed to that, but that doesn't fit the, like the prolific possible wide receiver that you're really looking for. Um, you know, Godwin and Gallup would have been those guys for me if they didn't tear their ACLs. Um, one name I, I do think is interesting, and he played really well last night, and that's Odell. He is a free agent. Where do you think he winds up? I, I don't know. I've always been fascinated with yeah. Odell because his talent is just yeah. incredible. But, like, his head is not so screwed on straight. I would say this. I would say wide receiver, I would prefer a proven commodity, but I would prefer that to be a trade. Um, I'm also fine with taking one at 10. I don't love the free agent class like like Matt said, and I would prefer, you know, kind of steer clear uh, of that. Uh, let's see. Garrett Ham came in with a super chat. He says, O'Leary put up a good fight. No safety first round. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I like it. I guess that's someone someone that was uh, like, I guess, upset that you wanted, or maybe he wanted safety at one point. I don't, I, my, my, my stance kind of stayed consistent. I think Kyle Hamilton's a good player. I just don't know if adding uh, a safety is going to launch this team to the to the next level where uh, you could find pretty good value in free agency on one and find one later. Um, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at still. I love it. Guys, if you're just tuning in, we are going to have Jake Asman coming on around 8.30 or so. Um, and for every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier to win a t-shirt at the end of the stream. So make sure you do that right now. We got spin max, Dave, Bobby M, Chris N three, Noel Suez, Gitmo Bob and Ant jets 82. You guys are all qualified for our t-shirt giveaway. So make sure you, uh, hit that like button on the way in. Um, all right. Where did my other comment go? Ryan Mondo. Where'd you go? I hate when this thing jumps up. I can't click on it fast enough. Uh, Ryan Mondo jumps in with Super Chat, says, we need proven talent. Trades. Find the branded Marshall of 2015, even defensively for a vet cornerback or linebacker. More research I do, the more I love Hamilton and Dean. Um, I would not be upset with Hamilton and Dean, depending on what happens in the trade market and in free agency. Um, I would probably have to have Neil... Hutch and Thibodeau go before Hamilton for me to consider that, or maybe, you know, some combination of that. There's still other ways I might consider going, but if you're telling me that this is an elite generational um, safety combined with a guy that has a fierce, vicious mean streak in Nicobe Dean, um, I think that instantly makes our defense a lot better. Greenbean, your thoughts on the safety. Yeah, you guys know I've been on uh, Hamilton uh, for a long time. I even spent some time uh, recently, like like rewatching some of his stuff, and and I just uh, I love him. Now I am concerned about the injury, though. Like you know, they got to really take a look at that and see where that is and all that. Um, so that would definitely be something that could give us pause. But I uh, I disagree with Matt on this one. I think we all know that. I Matt has great points. Um, I every single thing he says, I do agree with. I just. I would still take Hamilton. I'm not going to reach for like, uh, you know, I mean, none of the guys up top, like if we're at four and either Hamilton, Thibodeau or Hutchinson slip, I'm taking one of them. Like that's mm -hmm. how I see it. And it doesn't matter that they're a safety. If you guys watched my, uh, my off season master plan, I gave the story about Ed Reed. Like we were here in 2002. It's exactly the same scenario. We needed a safety. It was known as a very strong safety class. 
and Ed Reed was on the board when we picked. We took Brian Thomas. Two picks later, Ed Reed went, and we took Brian Thomas because we were going to get our safety in the second round. We did that. The safety's name was John McGraw. He was not on the Jets four years later, and he gave us one interception, and we lost out on Ed Reed. And Brian Thomas was good. I mean, I, I liked Brian Thomas. I did. I didn't like the pick when it happened because I wanted Ed Reed. Uh, but I liked Brian Thomas as a player, and I don't think he was a bust by any means, but he's definitely not Ed Reed. And that's the thing. I kind of equate it to something like that. It's like there's an opportunity here to get a truly great player. It might not be the position that we would want to fill with pick four, but the fact that we have another first-round pick gives us gives us that, that maneuverability to do that. And uh, in addition to that, I think, um, you know, Hamilton is – is uh, at a position of that we literally don't have anybody. So we need help taking one that can be an Ed Reed type wouldn't be a bad idea, in my opinion. Matt, any thoughts on the Hamilton-Dean combo or the proven wide receiver comment in a trade? Um, I, I definitely see the proven wide receiver. Um, who, the, who that is, I mean – Ridley, I don't think Seattle's going to deal with us ever again. So Metcalf's probably off the or Lockett's probably. <laughs> off the Imagine we trade him back their original pick. We're like, yeah, we'll take DK. You could have ten back. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I listen. I get why you like the the players in, in Hamilton and Dean. To me, I see Dean as more of a fit for this team than I do with Hamilton. Um, when I look at what. Um, Ulbrich and Salah and Douglas, just their track record. To me, they don't, they haven't given me any indication that they're going to take uh, a corner or a safety in the first round. I think that's something they're willing to wait on and develop or, and maybe add depth and free agency with a veteran. I'd like to add a, a vet corner like someone like Joe Hayden, who at this point, yes, his better days are, are behind him, but he's someone who's still good in zone and I think could help the young group along and uh and there's a lot of free agent linebackers available too that they could look at so uh i think it's going to be busy for douglas in uh, both free agency and the draft at these positions yeah it's interesting because i'd have to go back and look but i'm pretty sure joe douglas was on staff in baltimore when ed reed was brought in i don't think he was on staff for ray lewis i think ray lewis was 98 um so i'm curious to see how he values that position because what we've seen so far is that he will pay, you know, Marcus May 20% less than the franchise tag. He trades away Jamal Adams. He drafts uh, Ashton Davis in the third round, and he pays LaMarcus Joyner on a one-year contract. So nothing that we've seen so far leads me to believe that he values safety really high. It's I, I think Hamilton uh, – I think we'll know by free agency. I think if he targets a – safety yeah. and free agency then then maybe we'll kind of know but then i would assume if we targeted safety and free agency we probably won't be going for hamilton in the draft so interesting interesting stuff nonetheless it is it is it's going to be interesting man because like it's like look now let's say that the draft and like honestly let, let's say we went with linderbaum and and Traylon burks am i going to be upset about that no that's the good part about this is that like even though i th i'm more inclined to lean one way and i and i think it might go another way and there's a lot of options there's a lot of potential the up here that 
we can do a lot of combos that would make us so much better. And that's the great part about having two top 10 picks in this draft. There's quite a few players that I'd be totally happy with, even if they wouldn't be the player that I would select if I was a general manager. You know what I mean? Like, how could you be unhappy with Linderbaum and Traylon Burks, even if you wanted Hamilton and Dean? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I feel exactly the same way. And I was talking to someone on Twitter or Instagram or something about this too. And it was just like, Hey, look, I there's we could go a zillion different directions. Like free agency really depends on or this draft really depends on how we go in free agency. But even then, there like if we go an offensive lineman with one of our picks, if we go with a linebacker, if we go with a wide receiver, if we go with an edge rusher, like literally I would be pretty happy with like any combination of those two. So I, I agree know. with that too. I and I also think like obviously we, we have to talk about, yeah. about this now, but I think there's gonna be uh a better idea of what we're doing after free agency. I think it'll become a little bit more clear. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. I also get the feeling that I think the Jaguars take an offensive lineman. I think they try to help out ETN and Lawrence with the new head coach. Um, I think Hutchinson goes to Detroit. And then with the news of the Texans possibly looking to trade out of three, we could talk about that with Jake when he comes on. Um, that means there's a really good possible situation where Thibodeau's sitting there for the Jets at four, and that would leave me absolutely tickled pink. Um, all right, let me – sorry, I keep <laughs> I keep clicking on one thing going through another thing. Uh, Pat Dunn says, push me off a cliff with Denzel Mims. Uh, Matt, I'll let you take that one. Uh, for the case for why he doesn't want to give him another chance, is, I guess? Yeah, yeah, it says he, he, he wants to be pushed off a cliff. He likes the thrill. Um. Yeah, um, just I think some of the effort on tape is a little scary at times. See, I'm. Who, it's gonna be hard. Who's this, me. Matt? Who, who are we talking Mims. about? Denzel. Oh, Mims. Got. Oh, Mims. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, so while I'm I'm a big fa- I'm a big fan of his as a you know a, a draft guy and in his rookie year. So I'm still like I want to see him in training camp for that one last look. That's truly where I'm at. I don't think you go into next year giving him a role in like, I don't know, your top four. If he could, if you want to go in and say, Hey, in training camp, you have a shot to be wide receiver five, maybe. Um, But the, the effort was just not there. And and that's scary because the talent is very much so there. And uh, the more and more we fought for him to get his opportunity when he did get that opportunity, uh, he didn't, he didn't run with it. So um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it happens when, um, you know, new coaches come in and, and systems change. Uh, sometimes the guys you like, they don't end up sticking with the new coaching staff. And this might be one of those cases with Denzel. So um, I don't know, maybe it's time to move on. Uh, Ali Darwish drops in with a super chat says, would you go all in for Daniel Hunter and Calvin Ridley in a trade? Daniel Hunter, the edge rusher from the Vikings green beam. I'm going to throw this one over to you. How are you feeling about Daniel Hunter and Ridley? All in? I mean, is he? He's not a free agent, so you're talking about trading. You're talking, for, you're uh, talking trade, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I I would consider a trade for him. The the Calvin Ridley stuff, uh, I'm not so into. You know, I'm really not. You know, uh, the mental health stuff, and not to say it that way, but whatever the issue is with him is a legitimate concern, man. You don't want to trade assets, especially. We were talking about trading our number ten overall pick straight up for Calvin Ridley. Uh, I, I, I mean, 
you don't give away assets like that for question marks like that. In my opinion, I would be concerned. I, I love his talent, but I'd be concerned. Uh, getting an edge rusher like that, it would just be about the price, man. Um, I'm not a I'm not the biggest fan of trading for edge rushers when the draft has a bunch of them uh, that are legit. You know, I I like about five uh, edge rushers in this class for us, and um, so I would be I don't know it would all be about price. I'd be interested in both players, but I don't know about what they're going to cost. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, you got to do your homework for sure. Uh, Mitt Flair drops in with a super chat. Says Green Bean convince Matt why Kyle Hamilton is worth the fourth pick. It ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. It's, I tried already. Uh, <laughs> it's not that I don't like. It's not that I don't yeah. like the player or don't think he's good. Like what? I don't know. What yeah. situation has to happen, Matt? What situation <laughs> has to happen for you to be okay with Hamilton? We try. We time travel back to the late '90s, early 2000s when the position was more important. <laughs> Oh man, that's ridiculous. What about like what if we trade down like from four and he's there at say ten? I don't know. It, it, it really is dependent on how the board breaks, but like there's still other prospects. Like I would rather I know I'm not gonna convince any you know everyone on this, but I personally would rather reach for George Karloftis at that spot than take Kyle Hamilton because I think he's going to be more impactful for what the Jets want to do in getting after the passer. So uh, I would take a, I would take Nicobe Dean over him. I would take um, any, any of the pass rushers that you think could be there in the top half of the first round. I would take a wide receiver. I would take an offensive lineman over him. Um, it's just, I, I, it's, I'm not going to be sold on it. <laughs> All right, so we'll move yeah. off that. Uh, V-Man drops into the Super Chat, says, Fun fact, since Super Bowl 53, the Pats own a .308 win percentage against teams that finish over 500 compared to a 794 the three years prior. A strong offseason, we can surpass them easily. Um, since Super Bowl 53, what Super Bowl are we on now? Are we on, like, I have no idea, 56? 56, yeah. So okay. that, I guess that's their last Super Bowl win. Probably since, oh yeah, so Brady had to be there for one of those years, right? One, two. Yeah. No. Cam yeah. would 54. Oh yeah, 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 that would be right. That would be last year with, with Tom, then Cam, then Mac. Um, hey, look, that's good. I'm all about it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to take this. <laughs> I guess, like, maybe we, do we hope for a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback in the sixth round or... Or what, what are we doing here? But yeah, look, we have this is probably the biggest offseason we have. Uh, biggest offseason since I've been a fan. Because we've had a lot of the biggest offseasons, but we haven't had the cap space, or we haven't had the draft picks, or we haven't had the coaches. We have all these things perfectly falling into place. Um, so I, I do think, V-Man, that we will turn this around pretty quickly. Uh, Greenman, you think we could turn this around fast? Yes, I think. Well, if you consider the last two years and next year fast, then yes, I do. Uh, I think. Um, I think that we're. This is a year where we're looking for five hundred, maybe the one of those playoff teams like that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for legitimacy. I'm looking for competitive games. I'm looking for like. I don't want to be winning four games again next year. That would be a disappointment. Or five games. That would be disappointing. I think absolutely we can turn it around, man. And I think the Patriots are on the downward swing, man. They just paid two hundred million dollars for this team, 
they got the first round quarterback. They did everything and they got their asses kicked in the first round of the playoffs. This was as good as they were going to get as far as a team, in my opinion. And I think uh, it's going to be, it's nice. I, I enjoyed watching the bills run it up a little bit on them. And I think that we can overtake them. I just, uh, I don't know. I pumped the brakes a little bit. We uh, we're pretty bad. So I don't want to get too crazy. <laughs> can we Before win the national game first? Ooh, what are we? I, there is that. 12, I think. <laughs> yeah, they, the week 17, 2019. I would love, V-Man, I know, I get where you're coming from here. And like, yes, the Jets are trending in the right direction. I, I agree with that for sure. But I don't know how we can go from, they haven't won a divisional game since the end of 2019 when the Buffalo Bills rested all their starters to overtaking the Patriots who... I mean, I, I hate the Patriots, but they were a pretty good team. They were what the sixth seed and had ten wins. That's, I, I don't know. That's that's a very big ask. I hope they're more competitive this year. I think they will be. I think they should fall between eight, nine, ten wins. But I, I don't think it's some guarantee or lock. It's okay. We'll get there, Matt. Debbie Downer, you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good point uh, right. no, he's making good points he's making good points but it's Edward it's like Zip. last year when guys remember when everybody was like saying like 11 wins 12 wins and, oh my God. and it was fun it's a fun thing but it's exactly what matt said it's like well why don't we beat one division opponent one just one out of out of the fucking six games and then maybe we could talk about 12 wins you know i'll be mean? happy at two and four split with uh miami and new england and yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably getting your doors blown off by Buffalo anyway. And there you go. That's improvement there. All right. Yeah, baby. Yeah, right. You can take babies. <laughs> uh, Edward Ziff drops in with the Super Chat, says, Becton at 345, 350 will be more athletic and faster. That feels like a lot of weight for him to drop. Um, I know he's been as high as 389. I think that was going into his junior year um, before he got his first nutritionalist. And then I, I haven't heard anything other than like the 360 five or whatever he's at um but yeah if we could go uh a little lighter i would love to see a a lighter faster makai beckton not that he's not fast i mean he's fast for someone over 350 pounds but you know i don't think we should ask for miracles my friend uh what about you matt you think we could drop down that low 350, I think, is a reasonable ask. What I think his playing weight was like 363 as a rookie. I don't know why that's jumping out to me, but um, yeah, I mean, and that's certainly possible. He's going to be working with a nutritionist for the summer, I'd imagine. I don't mm -hmm. think you have to go through this crazy transformation. Bob's 10, 15 pounds. You're probably in a good spot. Uh, Ryan Mondo jumps in with Super Chat, says trading back. Getting Kyle Hamilton between picks six and eight and Nicobe Dean at 10 is the ultimate dream. Um, that would be one of my more favorite trade down scenarios, I think. Because um, if we move down from four to eight, I mean, you think the two edge, rush, two edge rushers and like Neil are probably gone. I would think you probably would lose Hamilton at some point in that stretch of, of picks going back to pick six. Um, but you got to think seven is probably a quarterback with the Panthers. I'd be pretty surprised if they went any other direction. Um, so I think, I guess Hamilton's first slot is either us or the Giants. So if the Giants don't get him with either one of their two picks, then maybe, yeah, sure. You know what? You go, you go up and grab him. And I, you guys know I love Dean. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts on trading back, getting Hamilton and Nicobe Dean? Yeah. I mean, well, what are we getting? 
You know, I I got that was my mock that was my mock uh without the trade back. So yeah, sure. What are we what are we getting though? What are we trading back for to six? You getting an extra first, you getting some seconds, what is it? So that would have to factor in. But yeah, I mean, those are the players I would take Hamilton at four. So if you could bounce back, grab some capital, and you know, still get the guy I wanted at 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 four, I think it's a slam dunk. And I think Dean grabbing a a mean ass young linebacker in the in the top of the draft. You know the your, the the best linebacker from our perspective, whether that's Lloyd or Dean or whoever, grabbing him uh, on top of having a Hamilton would be dramatic improvement for our defense. I miss having a couple mean ass linebackers. I just watched a game uh, with Marvin Jones, Mo Lewis, and Brian Cox running around, dude. I just watched it. Me and my son. I was I almost started crying. Like they were in, all three of them were in on every single tackle. Everyone, they were there. And it's like, I miss that, man. CJ Mosley's great. He needs help. So I would love a little Dean action. Ooh, that makes me so happy. It looks like we got our fourth panelist in here. <laughs> we got our boy, Jake Asman. Welcome to the Talking Jets panel, brother. How you doing tonight? Guys, thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. And uh, Green Bean, Matt, I mean, this is what it's all about. Go Jets, baby. Excited to be here. Hell love yeah. It. I love it. I love it. Let's, uh, okay, let me, I had a comment pulled up. Let me find it now. All right. Uh, Anthony Vitirito. Sorry, I butchered that last name. Uh, thank you for the Super Chat. It says, seeing Garrett Wilson mocked at 10 a lot, but I love Burks. Saw someone say, uh, say he's a DK-sized Debo. That sounds amazing. Garrett Wilson, a DK size Debo. I no Burks. Burks. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Re reading comprehension. Not good with Ryan right now. Um, yeah, no, I, th I think Burks is definitely a Debo comparison for sure. Um, and if you can get him there, I mean, look, my I still have I would still prefer a trade to get a receiver because of the value it provides at um, you know, immediately as opposed to having a receiver that needs to kind of learn the NFL speed and everything. The same way we saw with Elijah Moore this year, it took him about half the year to get going. Um, I don't particularly want Wilson at 10. I, I think he's phenomenal if he's the pick, like, okay, but I'd like a different body typed receiver and Burks kind of fits that bill. Um, Jake, we'll throw it to you first. How are you feeling about Garrett Wilson uh, possibly at 10? And what do you think about Traylon Burks? The uh, the idea of receiver at ten, I am very much open to. I, I think that would be you know a real sign that this team is serious about helping Zach Wilson reach his potential. It's certainly giving him a much better chance in year two to be better than he was as a rookie. Whether it's Wilson or Burks, I'm good with whatever they decide. They just got to get it right. Like I know that's cliche and that's easy to say, but I I'll defer to Douglas on this. If he thinks Burks or Wilson's worthy of a top ten pick, then just do it. But at the same time. You know, I don't want the excuse to be a year from now. Oh, well, you know, the rookie we took, you know, the reason why we didn't have success is because he had to get acclimated to the NFL. Like you could draft a receiver at 10 and still go out there in free agency and add a couple veterans, re-sign Braxton Berrios. So while this guy's adjusting to the NFL, you can rely on more Davis, Berrios, and another veteran they bring back or, or bring in, I should say. So I'm all good with receiver at 10. My preference is Burks. I like the size and the speed combination as a complement to more. But I'd be okay with Garrett Wilson. I watched Ohio State like everyone in this chat and watched them, you know, dominate college football. So I'm good with that as well. Green Bean, what about you? How are you feeling about Garrett Wilson at 10 and Burks possibly being a DK-sized Debo Samuel? 
Uh, well, yeah, I just like Jake said, I actually prefer Burks if we're going to go wide receiver at 10. As you know, I'm hoping they use the first two picks on defense, you know, 32nd ranked defense and all that jazz. And I'm really more concerned with what we do at tight end. I think they want to run some 12s and some 22 personnels, and that would limit the receivers that we need anyway. Uh, but if they do decide to go wide receiver, I'm not going to be unhappy because like Jake just said, it shows like a little bit of a commitment. It kind of mimics in some respects the the uh, the Bengals and what they did. We all thought they were going to go for the offensive line, and they just continued to go for more dynamic receivers for for Burrow. And look, it's working. So I wouldn't be unhappy with that. But if they do go receiver, I would lean Burks. I would hope they did too. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks? I like both those receivers a lot. I'm more on Burks than I am Wilson. And uh, it's just more because stylistically, I think Wilson's a little bit similar to Elijah Moore. I think Wilson would be good in the in the slot uh, in the NFL. Uh, and I think the Jets are really missing that big body receiver who could be a big red zone threat and make life easy for your young quarterback. Um, and I think Burks could be just that. I, I think he's mean with the ball in his hands, too. He's a nasty runner. Um, and I think it'd be really exciting to watch in this offense. I wouldn't be mad if it was Garrett Wilson. You can sell me on that. Uh, I just think stylistically, I prefer Burks a little bit more. All right, boys and girls, you've heard our comments. Remember, for every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick one person to qualify for a t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. And we're going to do a special qualifier. Everyone who comments likes and subscribes to Jake Asman's channel. Link is down below in the description. Go over to his most recent video, comment, Jets Talk sent you there, and we're going to pick qualifiers from people that go over there from his most recent video. So, bam. That's where we're going. Um, all right. So we've got 275 likes. I think i got to pick another two Nightbot qualifiers. Could be wrong on this. Let's go! Jake, the whole chat's excited. I can't excited wait to here. win again. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Green Bean. It's been 11 years. <laughs> way, nice. way too long. Uh, Joseph Grana. You have been qualified for a t-shirt giveaway? All right. Uh, next comment. Let's see. Where did it go? Where did it go? Bam, Wild Billy Boy. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Says, one of the DNs is going to drop to us with someone moving up for a quarterback. Trade back from number 10 to 18 and a receiver like Michael Thomas for Denzel Mims. Thoughts? <coughs> Ooh, sorry. Belchin. Not attractive on a podcast. Um, okay, so <laughs> so let's, let's break this down little by little. Okay, one of the DNs is going to drop. So, Jake, we've talked about uh, or heard a little bit about the the Texans wanting to possibly trade out of number three. You're down in Houston. Give us some some feedback on how you feel and, and where you think the Texans might be going with their pick if they stay at number three and where they might be going uh, if they try to trade down. Yeah, you know, I see it in, in the comments here, people talking about how my, my latest video is Texans. But if you look at a video I did earlier today on the Jets, I always put out a daily Jets video. I talked about the scenario that exists where the Jets could be sitting there at four with with either Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau 
on the board. And that scenario relates directly to the Texans trading out from three. I think Evan Neal could go number one to Jacksonville, not because he's necessarily a better player than Hutchinson or Thibodeau, but because they already have Josh Allen on that defense and they invested the first pick in the draft in Trevor Lawrence a year ago. They need a left tackle for him. So they might go need over BPA in that spot and take Neal, who's still considered, you know, one of the best prospects in this class. So if that happens, then the Lions at two, I believe, would take Aiden Hutchinson, hometown kid. I don't think Lions fans would would allow the the uh, the general manager there to not take the kid that started at Michigan. So let's say Hutchinson goes two. If the Texans are sitting there at three, do I think they take Hutchinson or do I think they take, excuse me, Thibodeau? Yes, I do. But Nick Casario made it pretty clear earlier today in a radio interview here in Houston that he's open for business, basically being like, hey, teams, you need a quarterback. You fall in love with someone. You want to be this year's Niners moving up from 12 all the way to number three to get Trey Lance. We're open for business. So if that scenario happens and then Thibodeau's there at four for the Jets, I mean, that's a run to the podium moment if you're Joe Douglas, if that happens. Oh, 100%. That, there's nothing that would make me happier than watching a quarterback go in the top three and getting Thibodeau or Hutchinson. But yeah, I agree. Like you said, Thibodeau seems like the more likely player that would fall down just because of the whole Michigan thing with the Lions. Um, and then as far as trading down from 10 to 18, uh, 18 is the New Orleans Saints pick. So the swap of 10 to 18, let's take a look at this draft value chart. What is, what is the rough value? Um, wow. That didn't spell anything I wanted to spell. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, okay. So from number 10 is worth 1300 points. Number eight is worth 900 points, which means it's basically like, getting a set is it was a second round pick is that right 900 to 1300 400 points so that would be like getting the 50th pick about a mid-second round pick is the value that you're attributing to michael thomas plus giving them denzel mims um i would definitely do that i would have no problem sliding back and, and acquiring a receiver i prefer the the number four to number eight move personally uh to get calvin ridley but um there's definitely a situation where i could see you know michael thomas uh, in green and white. I'm not as afraid of it. Um, Matt, let's get your thoughts. What do you think about the Texans uh, possibly trading out and a, uh, one of those top two edges falling to us? And what do you think about the, the 10 and 18 swap for Michael Thomas? I really hope that the Texans do trade out or that some team trades up for a quarterback, because to me, like that just, that gives you your answer, right? Uh, this team desperately needs an edge, and the top two are, you know, head and shoulders above the rest. So if one of them ends up to pick number four where the Jets' first one is, then the, great. That's, you know, that's your guy. You're all over it. You pick whichever one's there, and you're happy. Uh, the the trade back, and I, I like Michael Thomas, but I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit nervous. He hasn't, he hasn't really played in two years. I think it's seven games mm-hmm. in the last two years. That's that's risky for me. And again, when he's healthy, he's a, he's a great, great player. But I think you're taking a major risk if you're going to take on a player and someone with that kind of contract who hasn't really played that much over the last couple of years. Now, I, I don't mind the contract so much just because I think if we try to get someone like Allen Robinson in free agency, you're probably looking at paying him somewhere in the neighborhood of a 13 to 15, maybe $16 million contract. I don't think he's going to command a $20 million deal like he would have, you know, just a year ago or so. Um, but Michael Thomas is about 15.5, 15.7. And I think 
15.8, maybe the, the next three years. I like having um, having him under contract for three years. It's sort of the same way I would feel about if we were to deal with Amari Cooper. Like, I don't want to take on a $20 million cap hit with Amari Cooper, but if you had to have high dra- high cap hits for three years while you have Wilson on a rookie deal, not the worst case scenario. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts on uh, one of the edges falling to us and trading down from 10 to 18 to get Michael Thomas. Yeah. First off, I completely agree. If, if Thibodeau or Hutchinson, and I think if one's going to fall, it's likely Thibodeau, uh, I'm running to the podium. I'm, 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 I have that already written on a card waiting uh, for, for that moment. I mean, I would, those two pass rushers are the two guys. And, and interestingly, both of them, I like them for different reasons, but I like both of them equally. I would be ecstatic with one of them. As far as Michael Thomas, I gotta, I gotta uh, second what Matt said. I'm concerned about bringing guys in here that are already injured, and not just like, hey, they had an injury. He's been injured for a long period of time. This is not the place, you know. We get guys that are traditionally healthy, Cam Clark, Mackay Beckett, and they can't stay on the field for us. So uh, we're we're still trying to right that ship. So guys that have been traditionally injured. Over the past couple of years, just give me pause, especially when they already cost 15 and change per year. Um, so I'm not so psyched about Michael Thomas. And like we've talked about before, he was him and D hop were my two favorite receivers in the entire NFL. At one point, I just thought, I mean, I went back and forth between the two, but I'm concerned about, um, about bringing somebody who's injured in here using, uh, high levels of capital and then designating, and assigning large chunks of our cap to them uh, when we're probably not going to see them play. I'd rather go about that a different way. Jake, I want to get your thoughts on Michael Thomas and a possible trade-down situation. Concerns me. Concerns me. The the injury history and then just the reports coming out of New Orleans that you know he couldn't get along with Sean Payton. He couldn't get along with you know the the culture and foundation that, that has been established there for years. All of a sudden, he's the guy that couldn't make it work in New Orleans. So I, I'm a little weary of bringing in anyone that could be disruptive to a young team that seemingly has a pretty good foundation that they've laid, right? I mean, as bad as this year was for the Jets, we can at least point to this year saying, well, look at this rookie class. They led the NFL in rookie snaps. Like, there's 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 a foundation that was clearly laid this year. I'd be concerned with bringing in a veteran who wants to get paid that's been a me guy in the past. I'd be out on Michael Thomas. I'm way more open to Calvin Ridley if his mental health checks out and he's okay to continue with his career. I think Michael Thomas, though, unless you have an established quarterback in place, that's like a non-starter for me with a young team like where the Jets are at. Chris Bucco drops in with the Super Chat, says, Williams, Reed, or Bates plus Jabril Peppers on the cheap. Um, God, it, this goes back to the question that Matt and I were kind of briefly, briefly talking about with the whole how much does Joe Douglas invest into a safety um, and I'm not sure where that falls. Um, Williams and Bates are going to be very, very high contract uh, free agents. I love Williams. I'm a big, big fan. He would be my top safety if I could take one. Um, I just don't know if I see Douglas doing that after, you know, cutting May's potential contract off for 20% um, from the franchise tag to his, you know, multi-year deal. He traded away Jamal Adams. He drafts Ashton Davis in the third round, and then he gives like a $1 million deal to LaMarcus Joyner. So I, I don't know if I see him doing that. Um, Jake, I want to get your thoughts. Cause I've heard green Bean and Matt's thoughts on the safeties. Uh, and you got a little bit of inside research on Reed as well. 
being in Houston. What are yeah, your thoughts on the safeties? Totally agree. Justin Reed's the guy I'd sign. I think that's a day one phone call if you're Joe Douglas. I, I think he's that good. Like, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NFL. He's not going to command the deal that that uh, Bates and Williams are probably going to get. Hell, I'd sign two of those guys, honestly. I really would. Like, I, I rather <laughs> my philosophy has been fix the defense and free agency. So then in the draft, you could either go after pass rush or you could help Zach Wilson. Like, my, my philosophy with this draft, specifically with the top 10 picks, is either get to the quarterback or help the quarterback, meaning edge rusher, so Thibodeau or Carl Loptis, if, you know, depending how the board plays out, I'm good with either one of those guys. I'm good with them obviously going Linderbaum or good with them going Evan Neal. I'm okay with wide receiver. If you help Zach Wilson, I'm all about what they could do in the draft. So that means you got to pay guys in free agency. And the other way you pay guys, or the only way you sign guys in free agency, I should say, is by spending money and overpaying. So, you know, if that's what it takes to get some good players here, do it. So, like, Reed, I would pay. I think he's cheaper than Bates and probably cheaper than Williams as well. But I like all three of those guys. Safety's hit the market. That's the thing. Like, it's always tough to talk about free agency with certain guys. Like, Devontae Adams is a free agent. Does anyone actually think he's going to hit the market? No, right? So, right. like, safeties usually hit the market. So, if I could get two of those three or at least one of those guys, I'd be feeling great if I'm Joe Douglas. Uh, Tom Coleman drops in with a super chat. Thank you, brother. Says, what about trading back from four? Take Carl Loftus and the best interior offensive lineman with number 10 uh, and package whatever you get uh, to trade for Ridley. Love from the UK. Go Jets. Thanks, Tom. Love you from across the pond. Um I would say you're, if you're trading down from four and your plan is to take, um, you know, Carl Loftus at 10, I would say you're going to be disappointed. I don't think he's going to be there. Um, and right. the interior offensive lineman, you know, you hope Linderbaum's there maybe. I think Icky's probably going to go before that. Um, those would be probably the only two I'm strongly considering. The kid from a and is pretty good too, Kenyon Green. I think it's Kenyon Green. Is that yep. right? Yep. Um, so I don't know. I afternoon. I'm not exactly sure where I would go with the uh, trade down from four. I, I don't know. Would I take Carl Loftus at 10? Absolutely. 110% yes. <laughs> Do I think he's going to be there? No. Interior offensive line, though? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I think you got to kind of protect the uh, the quarterback a little bit, and you got to have a little bit more of a backup plan. That's kind of why I'm a little bit more on the guard tackle train. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Greenbean, any thoughts on the uh, Carl Loftus in a trade down? Uh, yeah, if he's there at 10, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't think he's going to make it to 10. I mean, and it's, it's funny because a month or two ago, I didn't think somebody was telling me on Twitter that, that all three edge rushers will be gone by 10. And I laughed, I said, ha ha ha, like a pompous asshole. I laughed at him, gave him smiley emojis and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that they will all be gone. If Carl Loftus is there at 10 after a trade down, is that what he's saying? Uh, yep. I would I would be happy with with him at ten. Uh, I wouldn't think twice about it if if that was where we ended up. Uh, I have no problem with with Carl Loftus, especially that late. I think that the the Giants are probably um, considering him. You know, I think that's that's where he'll go. Yeah, I get the feeling that Carl Loftus, if he passes by the Jets, gets snatched up by the the Giants with one of their two picks because I don't think the the, the Panthers go that route. Um, and I think Linderbaum is probably their other pick. I think they get those two. You know, mm. offensive, defensive guys. Um, guys, for every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier to win a T-shirt at the end of this stream, as well as if you go over down in the description, you'll see a link to Jake Asman's YouTube channel. Head over there. 
you got to like and subscribe and comment that Jets Talk sent you there on his most recent video. And Jake's going to pick a few qualifiers afterwards to get entered into our T-shirt giveaway. So make sure you head over and do that. Uh, Richard Delgado drops in with a super chat. Guys, I, I see you guys putting in super chats. I'll get to them. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't get it to them that fast. Uh, so just give us a little bit of time. We'll get to all your questions. Um, so Richard Delgado drops with a super chat, says, Jets need to draft a, uh, the center from Iowa, Linderbaum. There are too many good route runner receivers in free agency, but I know every winning team has an elite offensive line. Um, I love Linderbaum. If he's there at 10, I could rationalize taking him. I mean, I, I think it for me, I would have to have gotten a trade for a wide receiver um, and probably, you know, Nicobe Dean not being there for me to really pull the trigger on Linderbaum, but I, I'm a big fan and I'm all about improving this offensive line as best as possible. Matt, your thoughts on offensive line and, and Linderbaum specifically. Yeah. And, uh, this is going to be my last one. Cause I got to hop off and write a, a post game article in a second here. But, um, I, I, I would be surprised if the jets went the Linderbaum direction. Um, I, I do like him a lot. Um, and I was kind of banging the drum for him early in the year, but I, I thought, uh, Connor McGovern turned his season around after struggling a little bit earlier on, and the Jets' offensive line overall turned their uh, season around after that. Um, I, I think if they were to go offensive line, it would be Neil if he makes it to four, um, but I don't think Linderbaum is going to be the pick for them there. Maybe that they would go um, for like a second or a third round interior offensive lineman or address it in free agency. I just... To me, I don't agree with this comment from Richard. I, I don't really like the free agent uh, wide receiver class that much. Uh, I would rather go with one of those guys at 10 that we just talked about earlier. I think that's where I'm at here. Uh, Matt, we will say goodbye to you for now, and we will see you next week, brother. Thank you so much for jumping on with Bye, us Matt. and talking some Jets. See you, boys. See you next week. Later, Matt. All right. Greenby, I want to get your thoughts on the center from Iowa. Uh, you want to take him at number 10 and how do you like the free agent receivers? Yeah, well, look, I, I like Linderbaum as much as the next guy, right? I mean, I was just watching tape on him, uh, was two days ago and I was watching some of his ability to pull and all that. It, it gave me memories of Mawai making it to the outside, leading blocking. And I love him, but here's the problem I have is that that's not a hole on our team. Like we have legitimate holes all over the place. We have Ashton Davis as our safety. We have CJ Mosley and a guy who popped his Achilles at linebacker. Like we have, we have serious holes all over the place. So for me using our top 10 pick, which hopefully this might be the last time we're up here for a while, uh, should be, we'll Would see, be nice. but yeah, but uh, I just don't see it. Like I'd rather use that on a on an on an immediate impact player and take Alec Lindstrom from Boston College, let him sit behind McGovern for a year and come in the year later. I'd rather see that way, uh, and you know the center handled that way. Now I'll I'll add that centers over the last twenty five years have the second highest bust rate for top ten picks. So does that mean Linderbaum's going to bust? No, it doesn't. I'm just saying like there are ways to play this thing. There are there are potentialities on, on, on all sides of this, and there are likelihoods. And I would say there are numerous positions where we could absolutely use an immediate impact player. And I think Linderbaum, not to call it go this far, but it's almost the luxury. 
pick when McGovern is literally a top 10 center. So I would rather see us go another way. I don't love the free agent wide receiver class, but I do love a few guys in it. And I think that, hey, man, if we're really going to uh, go for, you know, making sure that Zach is well surrounded, I think getting Allen Robinson on an on an off year. I mean, dude, he's a great player. We know that. And I think, um, again, like like we talked about earlier, with all the the mayhem up there in Chicago, Nagy getting fired, numerous quarterbacks, uh, guys learning the ropes, his injury. I think that's just it's. There's a reason why he has lower numbers this year. Swoop in, get a twenty million dollar wide receiver for thirteen, fourteen, and call it a day, and then use the draft for uh, for other positions. I think I'd rather go that way. Jake, how are you feeling about the free agent wide receiver class and drafting a center? I like the class, but I just don't think a lot of these receivers hit the market. Like, do you think the Chargers are going to let Mike Williams walk when he has a great, you know, right. a great chemistry with Justin Herbert, who's a young stud now going into his third year? Like, I, I don't, maybe, I don't know. Um, do we think, you know, Devontae Adams is going to leave Green Bay? I don't personally. I mean, if he's available, sure, throw all the money in the world at him. I don't know if he's going to come here anyway. A lot of other teams that will do the same thing that are better than the Jets. So, like, I think Jet fans got to be realistic about the options at wide receiver. Like, we all want them to improve that position, but the way to do it might be using one of the top ten picks that they have on receiver. And if that's the case, you might not be able to get Linderbaum because you're right, Connor McGovern had a pretty good year, and center's not a massive need on this team. Now, I love Linderbaum. I I think if he's truly going to be this generational center – then if you take him at 10, he better be that good. He better be Kevin Mawai and Nick Mangle. We better have that lineage of, of centers we're talking about 20 years from now and add him to the list. But like that's really unfair to put on Linderbaum. And then I guess the other factor in all this where I'd be cool with taking him, if they could trade out of four and then end up with Linderbaum with one of the players they get you know, after they move back, I'd feel a lot better about it. But 10, I feel like, has to be a position that is a need. And I do agree with you, Greenbean. While Linderbaum would help, I don't know if you could say center is a need given all the other holes on this team right now. Yeah, and I think there's also a big difference between taking someone like Evan Neal or Icky than it is Linderbaum. Because Linderbaum, you're specifically drafting him to play center, and you have a top 10 center right now under contract for at least another year. Um, I think when you go with one of these guys that play guard or tackle, you're giving yourself the flexibility of potentially being able to move on from either Makai Becton or George Fant one year from now. Um you know, ideally you're not moving on from Beckton, but you know, you gotta, gotta plug some holes on that offensive line. Uh, and I agree with Jake, if you trade down, then maybe it's a little more palatable to swallow. I like Alec Lindstrom from Boston college in like the third round. I would, I would think that would provide a better value than, uh, where we're going here. Uh, Mike Jerome drops in with a super chat. Thank you. Mike says we need to go defensive heavy in the draft free agent priority sheriff Schultz Ridley Davis. Ridley's not a free agent, but I understand what you're saying. Ooh, what you're saying uh draft sorry Oof, too many bubbles uh draft if we can if we can't get Thibodeau or Hutchinson uh I trade for and get more picks grab Ojibo uh more explosive than Carl Loftus sorry it cut it off uh more explosive than Carl Loftus uh Dean or Lloyd and cornerback grab Ojibo thoughts trade okay so he's saying trade down from four if you can't get one of the top edges to get Ojibo plus someone uh, like Dean Lloyd or a cornerback, I think is how I'm reading that correctly. Uh, Jake, your thoughts. Uh, well, you obviously want to go defense heavy in the free agent period. How would you feel if the Jets do go defense heavy in the draft? 
I guess it depends on the circumstance, right? I I feel like so much of what the Jets do in free agency will influence how they use these top 10 picks and really how they impact, you know, the top 40 picks, right? Like you could sell me mm-hmm. on Linderbaum at 10 if you tell me you might go wide receiver with one of your second round picks. Also, the scenario exists where the Jets trade back into the first round. They get a player they like that's falling. That yep. exists as well when you got two picks in the top 40, 35, and 38. So it's so tough to answer some of these hypotheticals because I really think free agency impacts what they do in the draft that they sign Dalton Schultz in free agency. As much as I want Trey McBride at 35, I would understand if the Jets, let's say took Linderbaum at 10, I would understand if they took John Menchie in the second round because the value was there or Jameson Williams somehow was there at the beginning of the second round. Like no one thought Elijah Moore was going to be available with the second pick of the second round. So, you know, it's, it's tough to answer these, these certain scenarios. I really think though, Free agency impacts the draft more so than in the past. Like I think in the past, Joe Douglas was best player available because the team had a million needs. Now they still have a million needs, but they have a quarterback going into year two, a head coach going into year two, and it has to be about filling needs so you can win games, right? I hope that makes sense. So I'm all about them adding playmakers. I don't care how they do it, but I don't want to be sitting here a year from now having to make excuses for Zach Wilson. Oh, he didn't have enough weapons. We're not doing that. Like help this kid so we can find out what he is going forward. Preach. <laughs> I love it. Uh, for those of you wondering, the trade-up scenario uh, that Jake is referring to, we have two second-round picks. We have our third-round pick. Just throwing some ideas out there. Uh, if you were to give up both second-round picks, it would get you up value-wise to about the 15th overall pick or so. Uh, if you trade away 35 and your third, you're getting up to about 21. If you give away 38 and your third, you're getting up to about 23, 24. Um, so there's a realistic possibility if one of these receivers fall, maybe like a Jamison Williams, um, someone that could be had at the back end of the first round. You won't have him maybe for the beginning part of the season, um, but maybe the long-term impact of him might be something that the Jets are kind of keeping an eye on, especially if they bring in someone like Allen Robinson in free agency. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Greenbean, your thoughts on going defensive heavy in the draft and free agent priorities as listed on the screen. Um, your thoughts. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing. At at pick four, it just so happens that the defensive that well that the really true blue chip players in this particular draft happen to be on defense. Uh, at the same time, we happen to have the literal worst defense in the entire NFL at number thirty-two. So I think it's a marriage made in heaven to go defense early in the draft. I think it makes a ton of sense. You taking what the defense, I mean, sorry, what the draft gives you makes a lot of sense. The thing is too, when I look at prospects, like in a weaker position uh, in a draft class, I look at like right now, this class is known as a relatively weak wide receiver class. Now guys that are in in the first round conversation for this class where would they stack up in the last two drafts? The last two drafts had very uh, strong wide receiver classes. So where would Burks or Garrett Wilson or, or whoever, where would they have been taken last year or the year with Jerry Judy and CD lamb and Henry Ruggs and, and, and Pickens and all those guys. And when, if you can't say first round pick, then I wouldn't push them up to first round this year and alleviate what the draft is strong in. And that happens to be defense. Now, once we get to pick 10, whatever you want to do, it depends on, you know, who's taken and all that and who's there. But I think drafting defense heavy in the first round, go ahead and get the best safety, one of the best two pass rushers and the best linebacker in the entire draft. 
and call the first round a day, man. When we get to the second round, we have 35 and 38. They might as well be first, just like you said before, Ryan. 35 and 38 are incredibly valuable picks. We can absolutely get first round talent with both of those picks. You grab your tight end, you grab your wide receiver. There are going to be studs there. And I think that's a smarter way to go. Like use where the draft is strong. Don't force feed a weaker position into what you uh, want at a pick just because that's uh, a position that you're hoping to need. That's That's called drafting for need and it's very dangerous. I could not agree more. You don't want to reach on certain players, but I do think there is a there's a delicate balance, right, between need. Like you're not gonna like yeah. if the quarterback is the yeah. best player on the board, you're not taking a quarterback. But like you know, you got to balance, got to <laughs> balance things. Um, all right, Jack Filipowski jumps in the super chat. Thank you, Jack. Uh, says free agency: Dalton Schultz, safety; Marcus Williams, wide receiver; Pascal or Lazard; Ingram at running back; Penny at fullback. Walker at linebacker, Nelson at cornerback, draft, Kayvon, Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau, sorry. Um, at number 10, take Lloyd, 35, take Brisker, 38, take McBride, 49, take Pickens. Um, well, yeah, I would definitely sign up for that. I just, I, I kind of run into that situation about the safeties again. Is Joe Douglas going to spend that much money on Marcus Williams? Um, I love it. If you could do this, I would 100% sign up for it, you know, twice today and and maybe another two times on draft day jake your thoughts yeah this would be i mean i mean what do you sign right now right i mean so much has to happen for this scenario to play out i'm all about edge with um one of the 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 picks they have in the top 10 my concern with like just like oh well you you look at the jets and they have a bad defense all right well are they gonna take a linebacker that high like dean's great is he worthy of a top 10 pick so that's like the scenario you run into if you're the jets when you kind of consider like the offense versus defense strategy in the draft. I keep going back to it. I sound like a broken record. I, I got to see what they do in free agency first because I really think that impacts you know some of the needs they have in the draft. Like We're not sure if Douglas is going to spend big money on safety. If he does, I don't know if they're going to take Hamilton if he's sitting there at number four or if he somehow mm-hmm. slides to number 10. I don't know if they would do it given some of the other needs they have on this team. So you know that scenario that Jack wrote that's up on the screen. Yeah, I mean Dalton Schultz would be incredible. Williams would be incredible if Thibodeau somehow were to be there at four because the Texans slide out. You know where do we sign? Right. I mean Greenbean was making the joke. You run to the podium the second that uh, scenario plays out. I agree. I just think it's still very early in this process, and specifically with the Texans, I do not think they're ultimately going to have a trade partner to move out of three because I just don't believe in these quarterbacks. I think someone will get drafted in the top ten. But I don't know if there's a team that's so desperate that they feel like they need to move heaven and earth to get all the way up to number three. So hopefully they all play great at the Senior Bowl and the Combine, and then maybe this scenario could actually be a reality. But my sense is I don't see that team trading all the way up to three. And if that doesn't happen, I think the Texans would just take Kayvon or Hutchinson, who's ever there, uh, with that third overall pick. Greenbean, what about you? How are you feeling about this uh, mock-off season by Jack Filipowski? Yeah. I think it's fun. It's this is good stuff, you know. Um, you know, I mean, for all that to happen, if if can you imagine if all if everything we wanted to happen happened, like they go and get Schultz, you get Williams from the from the Saints, you know, you get you get all these guys, and then the the draft falls exactly like you want. 
you know, I mean, the way it's like we're we're talking in the chat a little bit about guys are still bent out of shape a little bit about not taking Creed Humphrey, but it's like we took Elijah Moore with that pick. The truth is, you can get great players, you can do great things, and not get everybody. It's it, it's unlike like you literally can't take everybody. You get seven picks, we get nine this year, so we can do a lot of damage. But I'll tell you what, if I had to make one of these a priority, I would love to get Dalton Schultz, man. I would be the, the second free agency opens. I hope Joe Douglas is literally knocking on his door. Like, hello, here's a bag of cash. Let's go. That's what I want. Uh, will that happen? Probably not, but I would love to see that. If I had to pick one guy, I'd be really psyched if they came home with Dalton Schultz. He solved so many of their issues, right? You bring in Dalton oh. Schultz and all of a sudden you have that tight end. You don't need to reach on any tight end in the second round, but if you love someone in the second round, like a Trey McBride, you could take right. them or you could go linebacker. You can go safety in the second round. Now you can go wide receiver, depending on what you did in the first round. If you didn't go wide receiver, then like if you lock in tight ends, you have not only someone that could play the position for the first time in years on this team, but he's an offensive force. Like this is like Dustin Keller is probably the last good Jets tight end they had. This guy's double the player Dustin Keller was. Like you're getting an elite pass catcher who's also a good blocker that will dominate in this offense that Lafleur is going to call for Wilson. Yeah, hey, 100%. I, I heard it, hey, Ryan. Yeah, I'm, ooh, I'm sorry. Ooh. Just to go on that, I heard a stat today. I wanted to run it at you guys. Do you guys know the last the last time the Jets had a Pro Bowl tight end? Do you know when it was? What year? Mickey Schuler? How long are we talking? Fucking Mickey Schuler, nineteen eighty eight. Ridiculous. Nineteen eighty eight, dude. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I wasn't even born. I mean, it's it's a joke. <laughs> Uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school, I think. <laughs> Guys, if you're just tuning in, make sure you drop a like on that uh, on this video. For every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a qualifier for our T-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream in just about 30 minutes or so. Uh, and if you want to get qualified as well, head over to Jake Asman's channel down below in the description. Comment, like, and subscribe his most, most recent most recent video uh, saying Jets Talk sent you over there, and you will get uh, qualified for our T-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. Um, our next person up, we got Steven Sack Exchange. What's up, brother? Uh, he says, "Well, now that uh, well, now this is just awesome. The four horsemen love what you all do. Uh, as for Ridley for number ten overall, that's crazy. Why wouldn't the Falcons just keep him? Mental health issues worse than physical." Um, yeah, look, mental health issues could definitely be worse than physical for sure. Um, as for number 10 overall, I'm not trading number 10 overall for Ridley because I'd rather take a cheaper wide receiver in the top 10. Uh, and I love Ridley too. I would take, I would give up one of our second round picks. I would trade down from four to eight. There, there's a whole lot of other scenarios that I would do to get Ridley, but giving up number 10 is not one of them. Uh, Jake, Ryan, I want to get your where, thoughts. No, I was just going to say, where did this number 10 for Ridley scenario come? Like people have asked me that all what? day today on Twitter. Apparently, know? Connor, Connor Hughes, apparently. Connor Hughes. Is he high? The, what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like Connor, but the idea that Calvin Ridley is going for a top 10 pick when he hasn't played this past year and he is no—he's not under contract past this year is nonsense. Like, they, like Calvin Ridley's a really good player. Stefan Diggs went for a late one. DeAndre Hopkins, I thank you, Bill O'Brien, went for a second round pick. Now that's not the best example. OBJ went for <laughs> a mid one. But like you get my point. Like Ridley's a really good player. 
But coming off the year he had, you're not trading number 10. You told me you trade, you know, a second and a third round pick or a second this year and a second next year. Like, I'd listen to that. I'd be okay with that. But a top 10 pick for Calvin Ridley? In what world is that ever happening? He's got one year left on his contract, and he didn't play football this year. He played like five games. Oh, yeah. Zero shot I'm giving up number 10 overall. It it would be absolute Looney Tunes to give up that for, for Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, I'm I happy saw, to hear Jake it, say that. That's fun. <laughs> I saw happy. it in the chat. I saw someone said number 10 for DK. Number 10 for DK is the only way I give up number 10. And I and I think it's purely because like I would love to trade Seattle back their pick yeah. for like an elite wide receiver. I think that means more to me than like the actual player himself. Because you're gonna have to pay him $25 million a year at least. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is getting 27. You know, uh Devontae Adams is gonna be asking for for close to 30. Um, oh. so what, what is DK going to be worth? I'm not paying someone $30 million to catch football. Like, I'm sorry. I like, I love some of these guys, but I don't ah, dude. $30 million. That's a shit ton of money. I'd rather have two Carl Lawson's at $15 million a pop <laughs> than one wide receiver. Uh, that's going to get, you know, maybe 10 targets. If you force feed them. DK for um, the number 10 pick though, would be funny just to be able to make fun of Seahawks fans that they turned Jamal Adams into AVT. Who's already the best offensive lineman on the jets. And mm-hmm. And DK Metcalf, I don't think it would happen. I don't even know if Seattle's going to trade him. But could you imagine the Jet fan can say we turned Jamal Adams, a box safety who can't cover. He's worse than Ryan Gosling and remember the Titans as far as being a liability in pass coverage. Imagine they turned that guy into AVT and DK Metcalf. I would laugh. That'd be incredible. It'd be absolutely yeah. amazing. It's, it's almost the same way I felt about the Texans – possibly trading Watson to the Dolphins last year, like before the draft. I was like, look, the Dolphins got the third pick. If the Jets come knocking with the second pick, zero shot. Zero shot are the Texans trading with the Finns to get their original pick back. It's the same idea. Same idea. No way are the Jets and Seahawks trading for DK. I don't know if they're ever going to trade again with this current regime because Joe Douglas has pulled the fleece over their eyes. Um, Greenbeat, your your thoughts on, on Ridley at 10. Yeah, I'm just I'm happy to hear uh, Jake's passionate take on that because, uh, you know, like you said, it's been all day. People are saying it. And it's just I think that's one of the more ludicrous takes I've ever heard. Uh, You know, it's just like, come on, man, like really. And for all the reasons Jake said, I don't have to I don't have to regurgitate anything or anything like that. But I think Calvin Ridley's a nice player. His he's obviously talent. None of that are talented. None of that's in question at all. The problem is he didn't play last year and not because of an injury, because of something that he had to deal with, right? We don't know what it is, but they're leaning towards a mental health concern, whatever that might be. If he had like a a little issue in Atlanta, how do you think the New York media is going to handle that? Dude, they're going to feast. It's blood in the water. And not to say it's right, but it's the truth. Look at the stories about Becton. They've been saying he's fat and overweight for for the whole year. I mean, his trainer came out and they were, they, they were saying he's 40 pounds overweight. His trainer released a video the next day and he looked like he was ripped. And it's like, he said, there's no truth to this. So we see how it is here. It just is. And I would think like something like a Calvin Ridley, I don't think this is the place for a guy having any struggles. And you guys know I'm in the mental health field. That's what I've done for the past 16 years. I'm very sympathetic and also empathetic towards such things. I just don't think New York is necessarily the place, especially using a top 10 pick or a first round pick in general. I wouldn't, especially because like Jake said, he's got one year on his contract, man. You're going to trade all that. And what are you going to do? Pay him. I just, 
use the first on a wide receiver if that's what you want, in my opinion. Uh, Ethan. Oh, nope. Sorry, not Ethan. Sorry, my bad, dude. <laughs> Edward Ziff drops in <laughs> with a comment from earlier. Uh, he wants to talk about three first round picks, meaning the the possibility of the Jets possibly trading back into the end of the first round. Uh, Jake, I want to talk to you first. Would you like the Jets to trade up back into the first? I'm certainly open to it. If there's a player they love, I mean, let's not forget the Jets. Did they not trade back into the first round to get Dustin Keller, who we were just talking about? Uh, I think uh, did they? And I guess they had two first round picks in 06 when they took Mangold. But the point is, I'm not against the idea of the Jets being aggressive. If there's a player they really like, they have the draft capital. This goes back to what Douglas was saying about the flexibility that this team has. You have to be aggressive if you want to go out there and double your win total. Like, I don't want to hear we're rebuilding for 2023. So if they use some of these picks in the early rounds, right, I think it's seven in the first four rounds, they got two fourth-round picks. If they package 35 and their extra fourth-round pick to move up and go out there and get back into the first round at the back end to get a player they love, I would do it. I have no issue with that. If there's a player they love and they want to go and get them, go and get them. But you got to be right. I mean, like, we're going to judge Douglas on this draft more so than any draft he's probably had in his career, given the assets he has going into it, right? The the premium capital he has. So I'm all about it, but anything they do, you got to get it right. Because if they don't get it right, it's costly to swing and miss if you're giving up capital to move up for a player that doesn't, you know, doesn't ultimately end up working out. Greenbean, what about you? Trading up for three first-round picks. I'm always so scared to give away our capital. I'm such a mid round, like whore. I, I love it. I love the third and fourth and fifth round, but look like Jake, you know, like Jake just said, if there's a player that should not be there, like he's at pick, you know, 31 and like, they can get up there for, you know, pick 35 and say a fourth or whatever it is. And they love them. I say, yeah, why not, man? Go up, go ahead and do it. Be aggressive. Just like Joe Douglas did last year with AVT. He gave away two thirds. I hated that end of it, but he did get a fourth back, which made me a little happier. So I could play with my fourth round pick, but he got AVT and nobody questions the second round pick that we gave to move up to grab Darrell Rebus. It's not even discussed. Why? Bingo. Because he's Darrell Rebus, you know? So in the moment, it might be a little like shit. You, you know, you lose an asset the same time. If a guy that they thought was going to be a top 15 pick is sitting there in the late twenties, early thirties, and you want to get him, and you can go ahead. Yeah, no one, no one hates the AVT pick, but at the time you had like the draft nerds on Twitter being like, "Oh, well, the Jets gave up too much." Oh yeah, how, how'd that work out after they drafted arguably the best guard in you know out of the rookie class and a guy that looks like could be a ten year starter on this line? Like nobody cares what you give up if you hit on the player. That's why it's like it ended up not working out. But like I remember Jet fans, we had this debate: Did they give up too much to move up from six to three the year they drafted mm -hmm. Sam? If Sam ended up being a franchise quarterback, no one would care what they gave up. Like, if you hit on the quarterback, it doesn't matter. If, you, if you're now that you had the quarterback, if you hit on some players that could help them, like if they if they trade back into the first round to get, you know, let's say Jamison Williams somehow is sliding and he's there. Is anyone going to hate that pick if Jamison Williams a year from now is lighting it up on uh -huh. Sundays, helping this team finally win damn games late into the season? Yeah, no, I'm 100% on board with both of you guys. Depending on the player, if there's someone you like, Move into the late 20s, early 30s. Absolutely go up and get your guy. No problem. No questions asked. That's why you make these trades and you get so many assets to work with. Uh, Kevin Harrigan drops in with a super chat. Says, stay away from Thomas. Ridley goes for a mid-round pick in 2022. Conditional second in 2023. 
maybe two mid-round picks. I disagree. I think there's a situation where the Eagles give up a first-round pick for Ridley because he can go back and he can play with Jalen Hurts and he can go back and play with Devonta Smith. Uh, and they have three first-round picks with number 19 being the furthest back. I think a second-round pick is going to have to do it for Ridley. I'd be surprised if uh, – you know, maybe he doesn't go for a first, but I would be surprised if at the very least he didn't go for a second. Jake, your thoughts? Yeah, the Eagles are interesting in this scenario, right? Because they have so many first round picks with three of them. What's trading the 19th overall pick to get Calvin Ridley to them, if that's something they want to do. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like, if I'm a Jet fan, I want Ridley if the mental health checks out, but I'm not, it's not a, I need to get this guy or else scenario. Like I'll take my chances in the draft with, you know, Burks, with Garrett Wilson, with Olave, with Drake London. It's a good wide receiver class. Like I've had some draft people on the YouTube channel and even my radio show down here in Houston because obviously the Texans are picking third and people are very interested in the drafts. Like it's a very good receiver draft based on what some of the early uh, reports are, even with the injury to Williams. So if you could find some really good players in the draft in the top 40, you don't need to be desperate to get Ridley. Now you got to resign Berrios. To me, you got to add another veteran. In free agency, if you can't get Devontae Adams or Mike Williams, you know, can you get Christian Kirk? Can you get, I don't know, give me another like mid-tier wide receiver that maybe is available. Like someone better than Keelan Cole that that could become mm -hmm. available for the Jets to bring in that type of player. And then, you know, you could use the draft either in the top 10 or your top 40 picks to get a receiver as well. So I like Ridley, long answer to a question here, but I'm not <laughs> desperate to get Calvin Ridley if that makes sense. Greenbean, your thoughts. What do you think Ridley goes for? I think he's going to stay right there in Atlanta. I think this is much to do of nothing. That's what I think is going to end up happening. Um, but I think if he does get traded, I'm think probably a second round pick. That's what I'm, uh, that sounds, that sounds right to me. Um, all right. Who we got next up here? Uh, Oscar Delon. Thank you so much for the super chat says we need a tight end badly guys. That would help Zach tremendously. Matt been preaching about this lately. Yeah, no, 100%. I think we're all on board uh, with Dalton Schultz or Trey McBride or Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, the hometown Long Island favorite, depending on what round you're looking to get him in. Uh, there's definitely a few different options the Jets can go. I'm not opposed. If we can't get Schultz, go after Njoku, go after O.J. Howard and draft Trey McBride in the second round. No problems uh, there. So I, I won't bother going around the whole panel there. Um, Adam S., thank you so much for the Super Chat, brother, says trade back, take uh, – Add another two, grab Jermaine Johnson. Um, so to drop back and add another second, you're looking to drop back at least to like pick 11 where Washington is. And if I'm dropping back from four to 11, I'm looking for their first round pick next year. I don't care about any picks this year. Um, if we could add another two in some capacity, you want to take Jermaine Johnson and now you have maybe N'Kobe Dean and Traylon Burks or something along those lines. I, I wouldn't necessarily mind it. Uh, Greenbean, what are your thoughts about trading down and adding another two? Yeah, I love it. I'll, I'll, I'm always into a trade down, but it it all depends, man. Like, like at some point, like you know, I'm I'm all about draft capital. I'd love to continue the streak of having numerous firsts and seconds and all that. It it adds to our potential, right? But at some point, if you got blue chippers on the board, we need to start acquiring them. We need our freaks. Where are our freaks? We have no freaks. I want freaks <laughs> running around. I want an Ed Reed. I want a Ray Lewis. I, I want these guys. CJ Mosley, if he has some help around him, could be that. I think he, he really proved that uh, 
He's still going to be, he's still going to be going at a hundred miles an hour, a hundred percent. I like him. He needs help. Where are the freaks? So at some point you got to just stay put and say the capital that you can acquire is not worth this player. If Tibbs is there, Hutchinson's there, Kyle Hamilton's there. Those are the play those players in my opinion. So I wouldn't, if they're there, but I always like a good trade back. So we'll talk about it. Uh, night, uh, bright night. Thank you so much for the super chat says trade down to the Broncos for number 12. Take Ama Gardner sauce Gardner, uh, later take Leon O'Neill in the fourth and Justin Reed. Oh my. I really like Ojibo. Oh, and Justin I really Reed, like the, question the mark. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm assuming the safety. Uh, and I like the, O, and I really like Ojibo. Like, uh, I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> That kind of uh, little little twang at the end there. Uh, look, I'm not opposed to trading down. I like Sauce Gardner. I don't want a corner with our top four picks personally. Uh, maybe you convince me in the second round if you wind up going with Dalton Schultz and free agency. But I I think this defense is more predicated on pressure on the quarterback than it is on coverage from the corners. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on trading down with the Broncos and looking for someone like Sauce Gardner or you know Justin Reed. Yeah, I'm open to the uh, – well, J Justin Reed, is there a draft prospect named Justin Reed I'm unaware of, or we're talking about this Texan safety free agent? I'm assuming we're talking about the Texan safety free agent. I'm going to pull up Tankathon right now because I'm pretty confident there is not someone named uh, Reed in this draft. But I, I could be wrong, or at least like high enough to really be thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm not sure on, on that part. But I will say if they do trade back – I'd be okay with that scenario. I just, I, 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 to me, I don't want them to trade so far back where it's like, oh, well, they got an extra one for next year, and then they're going to be picking towards the bottom of the first. Like, I want a really good yeah. player now. Like, I want you got you got two top ten picks. There should be two impact playmakers that are being added in this draft day one that are gonna that's gonna help this team either on offense or defense win games next year. Like, um, no one should be giving this regime a pass. It has to be about doubling the win. Like. The bar, by the way, is still pretty low. This team has missed the playoffs 11 years in a row, longest playoff drought in the NFL. And I think most rational Jet fans are like, hey, just win eight games next year. Just double the win total. You went from two to four, now to eight. Like, I'm okay with trading back Denver at 12. That's not that far back, so you can live with that scenario. But, like, you're picking in the top 10, man. Like, I want two really good players in that spot. It better be a great trade back offer if you're going to move out of that spot. Uh, Dom C, Greenbean, this one's going to go over to you. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Dom says Phil needs wide receiver, defensive back, tight end in free agency now and draft players that can step in and be ready when the likes of Fant and Mosley and Rankins are likely gone in 2023. Greenbean, what are your thoughts of what Dom's saying here? Dom's stupid. We all know that already. <laughs> Dom is, this guy is not smart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I think we should look, I think, uh, like we were talking about before, the truth is, is we can't really accurately you know, depict what the draft is going to look like before free agency. So we're just exploring options right now, right? We're having fun. That's what we do. But in free agency, I think that Joe Douglas should absolutely look to spend the money a little bit more so than in years past. Why? Because we finally have our quarterback. The window is now open. Okay. We have that little rookie uh, contract window open. We have our head coach here finally. So the truth is, guys, we've never seen Joe Douglas draft or go in free agency when he's had his quarterback and had his coaching staff. So we really don't know how he's going to do anything. 
So I think the the one-year contracts, all that kind of stuff, kind of allowing him to build a foundation through the draft, I think that's going to start to subside, and we're going to start to see him try you know, really hard to bring in guys that he thinks could be core players. A guy like Allen Robinson, just as an example, could be that in Joe Douglas's eyes. Give him a three-year contract. Keep him here for Zach Wilson for the length of his rookie contract kind of a thing. Resign Berrios, uh, a defensive back. Absolutely. What would be better for this young defensive back group? Uh, signing another rookie cornerback or bringing in a vet to kind of round them out? You got Bryce Hall, Michael Carter. Eccles can come in on dime and as a reserve. Uh, you know, So we have some nice depth. Eccles is a good player. Not the guy I necessarily want to be starting, but I feel good about Carter and Hall. So bring a bring a free agent in for that position because it makes sense to me. Uh, maybe an offensive lineman, you know, James Daniels from Chicago, Trey Turner, uh, some depth, stuff like that. So I think if you're able to do that, and then obviously Dalton Schultz, like like we talked about. I mean, I think that should be the priority. But if we're able to do that, it gives us flexibility in the draft, and then we can actually start to lean towards BPA uh, at positions that we need, like a Hamilton, like a N'Kobe Dean, uh, even like a, you know, hey, man, you want to bring a rookie wide receiver and you got Allen Robinson, the pressure's not on him anymore. And you got Robinson, Corey Davis, you got Berrios, you got Elijah Moore, you got Mims smoking stoves on the side uh, on the sideline, whatever he's doing. You know, so we have all that going on. But it makes sense to me that way. So yeah, that's uh, that's the way I'd like to see it done. Um. All right, Lord Dana Marie. Thank you so much for the super chat. Says, what about a trade down where you take Dean and Burks and possibly acquire an extra second rounder? Jake, this one's for you. How are you feeling about possibly trading down, taking Dean and Burks for an extra second rounder? Without knowing how it plays out, that sounds great to me, right? I mean, Nicobe Dean's a beast. <laughs> it, it's a huge need. I mean, how often have we watched the Jets just be destroyed in the running game the past couple of years? Mm-hmm. Specifically this year, it was the worst I think I've ever seen it in my lifetime as a fan of this team. And then, obviously, like, Nicobe Dean is a speed guy with great fundamentals. They're not going to get gassed in the screen passes like they had been the last couple of years. Like, can someone on the Jets learn to defend a screen pass? That is a question I have for everyone involved with this team. Uh, going into 2022. So, yeah, this scenario where you get the best linebacker in the draft and one of the best receivers, arguably, in the draft, if not the best receiver, sign me up. And an extra second-round pick? Like, when do I wake (laughs) up from this dream, Ryan? This sounds too good to be true. Uh, John, I see your comment in the chat. You have It's two two more comments, then we'll get to your super chat. I didn't miss it, brother. Don't you worry. Um, All right, next person up. We got Mumtaz dropping in with a super chat. Uh, green bean. This one's going to be for you. Mumtaz says we don't need Linderbaum. Get one of the top offensive tackles who could also play guard. That will, uh, be a hedge against Makai Becton. Also trade down in first, but not second. Two first rounders, uh, can be gotten with picks 35 and 38. Um, yeah, I don't want to trade down with 35 or 38. I prefer to trade down with four personally myself. Uh, but green bean, how are you feeling about this? Don't need Linderbaum. Well, yeah, I mean, look, and like and like we've talked about a little bit, I this is not saying that I don't think Linderbaum's amazing and that if we took him, I would be upset. It's like, okay, that's what they want to do. I'm with it. We're talking about our thoughts, right, and what we think should happen. So if they decided to take Linderbaum, I'd be fine, but I do agree with Mom. He's not necessarily a need right away. Again, you can take a third round, second round uh, uh, center, 
and groom him for a year, be top 10 center, and then see where you are next year uh, in that situation. As far as a tackle, yeah, I think mid-round tackle, man. Like, that's what we should be doing. I don't love the idea of Evan Neal. It's like using a third straight first-round pick on offensive line and kind of a, you know, just abandoning the rest of the team as far as the premium capital. I love the O-line. I value it as much as anyone. Uh, but I that would kind of rub me a little bit because you guys know for years taking a guard or somebody up in the first round was kind of a bugaboo of a lot to, you know a lot of teams that was like for the rare guy guards even tackles second to fifth round you can get day one starters a lot you can really do that and if not year two pipeline guys grooming and all that so I'd like to do that I'm I'm not sure what it means uh, trade down in first but not second. I agree with you, Ryan. I'll just go this way with it. I think if we're going to trade back, using our number four pick would probably net the best gain. You can probably get another first and all that sort of stuff. But like we talked about, Jake mentioned it. I mentioned it. I at some point we got to take guys. You know, we we have we're we're up top in the draft. There are some really blue chip guys here. We're in a position to get them, and we don't need a quarterback. So I'm really leaning towards just taking the guy. Let him settle in this year, and let's see next year, next year. So I'm going to quote the great Jake Asman and say, get me guys that are good at football. Uh, raw power, I saw that comment uh-huh. in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have John, said that. I mean, I stand I, by that. I mean, I'm tired of watching no, this team bro. have bad football players. I can't be alone. There's, what, a 1,000 people watching the stream? You're probably a diehard Jet fan like the three <laughs> of us, and we're tired of watching garbage football. It's not that hard. And it's not asking for that much to expect this team to be, you know, in the mix and their season not, you know, not being over on Columbus Day for the fifth year in a row, whatever it is. So, like, yeah, good football players. That'd be nice. Oh, I just want to see competent football heading into the end of November, December. I want to see our, our, the Jets graphic in the hunt. That's all right. I don't need to be in the playoffs. Just in the hunt would be fantastic. John, we're getting to your super chat now, brother. Thanks so much. For the super chat says, "Great work, guys. Cons- uh, would you consider wide receiver Williams at number ten, regardless of the injury? Williams has legit number one wide receiver potential, legit game breaker. Thanks. Um, I would say no. I'm definitely not considering him at number ten because we need guys that are not injured. I do think he was my top number one wide receiver prior to the injury, and if he's falling and he's at the mid twenties, I have no problem moving up to go get this guy. Um, but at number ten, I'm saying no. Jake, where are you feeling uh, about Jamison Williams?" The value might be so good where it's like if he if he slips to the I don't know if I'd go all the way up from like the like the mid twenties to get him, but mm. or the low twenties I guess it would be in this scenario if he's there late first and the Jets have the capital and they want to move up and get him sign me up this guy this guy could be in theory a top ten player in this draft we've seen so many guys come back from an ACL injury it's not like the nineteen eighties where it's like oh my god will he ever be the same player again like I'm sure he'll be fine so I I, I would have no issue with it. Um, you know, there's there's still some people that want him at 10. I see, like, you know, John saying, would you consider him at 10? I wouldn't do it at 10 because I think, as I've been talking about, this year has to be about winning and winning games and not like, oh, well, you know, we got Williams coming back at some point and then he'll, you know, then he'll, he's going to help us. I think I need someone like Burks who's going to be there week one and can help this team right away. But end of the first, if Jameson Williams somehow is there, no issue if they traded back into round one to get him. Uh, Viles drops in the super chat. Thanks so much. Brother says, sup guys, if the Jets decide to trade the 10th pick, what would you want? Uh, picks or an offensive weapon for Zach or an elite defensive player? Uh, if we just tried, decide to trade the 10th overall pick, I would prefer it to be a wide receiver. 
Um, but again, I don't want to trade number 10. I would only really want to trade number four and then trade one of the seconds for a wide receiver. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on trading number 10? If you had to trade it, what would you want to trade it for? Uh, picks, man. Well, I guess it depends on the weapon, but I, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in what they're doing. Like, I like the tact that the Jets took. I, I have been so tired of the buying the the vet team and trying to just smash them all together and make it make a success. Like I've been tired of that for, for a long time. So I really like bringing in young talent, working on actual development, letting them progress, developing pipelines, all that. So I would personally prefer to trade down at the 10th pick. You're going to still get some, some good stuff for that. You're going to get a second, uh, you know, and some change probably. So that I would prefer that than a player, I think. Uh, Jake, this next one's for you from Thomas Cahill. Uh, Thomas Cahill says, I'm thinking Ridley and Patterson in free agency. Um, I wouldn't go Patterson just because I want Berrios. Um, I don't think it would make sense to to go with both of them. But yeah, dude, I'd love uh, Ridley in a trade. Jake, your thoughts? Ridley, I'm in. Mental health's got to check out. That's a serious issue. I'm not trading a top 10 pick for him, though. Like Connor Hughes, I'm sorry, man. You got to do better than that. We're not trading a top 10 pick for Calvin Ridley. That's not happening. No chance. Uh, Patterson, look, I like the player, but I kind of agree with you, Ryan. Like Braxton Berrios kind of could fill a lot of those roles. We really, you know, you want to talk about the creative play calling of Mike LaFleur, identifying what Berrios could do in his offense, using him in similar ways, the Niners. Use Debo Samuel. Gee, I wonder where LaFleur learned that from. Like, we saw that play out with Berrio. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I agree with you. Look, Patterson's a really good player. If you had him on your fantasy team, you'd probably love the dude. But I want Braxton Berrios back on this team going forward. Great chemistry with Zach. Could use him all over the place. Obviously phenomenal on special teams. They got to pay him and bring him back. Uh, Kevin Interlichiano or Shian Shishio? I don't know. I need you radio guys to teach me how to speak things. Dude, um, I'm horrible, man. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> O'Leary's I, great, dude. I love watching O'Leary try to pronounce words. It's great. I'm so bad, man. I, even on the radio, like my two co-hosts in Houston, I'm like, and like, you know, being from New York and Houston for the last three and a half years, like I know some of the towns, but not really. There's this town in Houston. It's called Humble, Texas. It's spelled mm-hmm. Humble, H-U-M-B-L-E, but the H mm-hmm. is silent. So it's Humble, Texas. I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? So I say that, you know, Jim in, in Humble, you're on ESPN Houston. Uh, it's Humble. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? Like, give me a break. I'm terrible with names and pronunciations, all that. Oh, dude, it's it's so hard. Um, Greenbean, this one's going to be for you. Thank you, Kevin. Drops in with the Super Chat says, I feel like Christian Kirk would be a nice free agent signing. Uh, what are your thoughts? I like Christian Kirk a lot. Um, I don't know if he would be the guy I'd specifically target. I think I would prefer Robinson on a discounted contract over paying Christian Kirk, but I, I like Kirk a lot. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts on Christian Kirk. Give me a second, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm having issues over here. I'll fix it in, in a second. My bad. That's right. We'll go to the next question to you. Uh, you know what? I, I answered it. <laughs> so I'm going to say that we got to go through like, I think we got like 10 or 11 super chats that are pending right now. So I apologize. <laughs> We're going to try and do some rapid fire here. Um, all right, Pat Dunn drops in with a super chat, says, is Ruckert better than McBride or is it just a value pick for Ruckert in the third or fourth round? Um, it's tough to say. I think there's more upside with um, Ruckert just because he wasn't utilized. He was like the fifth option on that Ohio State team. Um, 
So if you want to go a different route in the second round with those two picks and, and, you know, maybe not go with the tight end, then yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. And then, you know, maybe you take Ruckert in the third or fourth round. I, I wouldn't have a problem. I think the upside is there, but I would prefer McBride in the second over Ruckert in the fourth. Jake, your thoughts. I like McBride better. I like Ruckert's story better, but I'm biased. I'm from Long Island. The kid's from Lindenhurst. And he, you know, he obviously, his dad, if you follow his dad on Twitter, is trying to like manifest his son being drafted to the Jets, which I love. But uh, I think McBride's the better player. Ruckert's the better value. So it just depends on kind of what they, if they sign, you know, if they sign Schultz, then maybe you go Ruckert in the third or fourth round over Mm -hmm. McBride, depending on what you do with the, you know, with in the first round, if that makes sense. But I, I would go McBride, but I like both players. Yeah, I'm definitely on that same wavelength. I think Schultz kind of allows you that flexibility to be able to to go whatever direction you want. That's why he is got to be our number one uh, target. Squarehead Jets fan, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, He comes in and says, love the videos, gentlemen. Does Traylon Burks make it to number 35? So Green Bean, I'll ask you this. Does Traylon Burks make it to number 35? Jake and I are saying no. What does the Green Bean say? Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it, but I'm going to put this out there because just like uh, Ruckert's dad trying to manifest what he wants, I'm going to say yes, and that's who we end. We get Traylon Burks and Trey McBride with 35 and 38, and Zach Wilson falls to the ground in hysterical tears of gratitude. <laughs> From your lips got, to God's ears, Green Bean, my God. Oh, my God. We got <laughs> right. Kobe Dean at 10. We get Carl Loftus or Neil, whichever one you want over there. Sign me up. I'm all about it. Uh, Jake. Your thoughts on Cordell Patterson and free agency from Thomas K. Hill. Like um, the player, but kind of what we were saying, I feel like Berrios mm-hmm. does a lot of the similar things. I'd rather spend the money, bring back Berrios, and then go go sign like a, you know, a legitimate pass-catching wide receiver. By the way, the comment about Christian Kirk, I like Christian Kirk a lot. I think he's a really good player. Is he a true number one? No. Could you still take a number one in the draft in the first round or maybe with one of your second-round picks? I think you still can. But if you tell me the receiving core next year is Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, Christian Kirk, and then someone they draft in the top 40, that's damn good. I would And this under the assumption tight end is no longer Ryan Griffin and Daniel Brown. It's Dalton Schultz and Trey McBride. Sign me up. That's, that's what Zach Wilson needs to be successful. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Mondo drops him in the super chat says Quincy Williams, the pass rusher vet cornerback safety is a priority. Um, I have no problem going vet cornerback and safety. I'm not banking on Quincy Williams being our pass rusher, but if he, if he wants to blitz off the edge, um, from the linebacker position, no problems whatsoever. The guy's a heat seeking missile. He shouldn't be in pass coverage anyway, in my opinion. Uh, one, one, eight, nine Paris. Thank you so much for the super chat, brother. Um, where'd it go? Bam. Uh, he says, what improvement does this panel want to see in Robert Sala in 2022? Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, what I've gotten from him is just kind of what I like. Maybe I want to see a little more. I want to see winning that, that that's <laughs> flat out. I want to see winning win games. <laughs> yeah. Jake yeah. Greenbeat. You guys got anything you want to see from Robert Sala? Uh, in times of adversity, I'd like to see him maybe be more involved in specific areas of the team. Like if the defense is getting just ripped to shreds, I would have no issue if he took over play calling or he was more involved that week. I feel like that's something that he didn't want to do this year because he was brought in to be the CEO over the team. But it's his ass next year if this team is god awful again and you know guys aren't learning his system. Um, I think being more flexible in certain areas too. Like I didn't like the answer he gave when Stefan Diggs was killing them in the first matchup with the Bills, well, why is Bryce Hall not following him, shadowing him? Well, our system doesn't do that. 
well, maybe your system should adapt to the guy that's killing you on every play, and you put your best corner to cover Stephon Diggs. Like, I would like to see him be more adaptable. I think he, I think, I think overall, I'm encouraged by what we have seen from Salah. He was given an awful roster, as we all know, but I feel like just like situational stuff, involvement in certain areas. I, I think that's something that we could see improvement on going from year one to year two. Greenbean, what about you? What do you want to see from Robert Sala? All right. Um, all right. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Robert Sala <laughs> no, is well. Uh, I agree with what Jake said. I would think that when we're having a tough moment, I'd like like to see Sala more involved. I he doesn't. He seems like he's only there to rah rah when we do something good. So I'd rather see. I'd like to see some of that. I love it. Uh, Lavish D says, Cowboy fan here. No, no, you're good, Green Bean. We got you. <laughs> Cowboy fan here. What would y'all give up for Amari Cooper? Uh, what would you give up, Jake? Mims and two seconds? No, absolutely not. Amari Cooper is on a three-year, $20 million a year contract. You're high off your ass if you think I'm giving up two second-round picks for Amari Cooper. You could take my fifth-round pick, or you can cut him and save yourself some cap space. Thank you very much. You know what? I'll throw Denzel Mims in for you. Uh, sorry. Maybe it got a little heated there. Jake, what are your thoughts on trading for Amari Cooper? What would we give up? Uh, I'd be willing to trade for him. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely not trading a first-round pick for him because you mentioned the contract. Like, you're doing the Cowboys a favor, helping them clear this cap space by bringing on, you know, that type of player. Um, the, the I, You know what? Let me just say this, though. Anyone who continues to put Denzel Mims in these trade scenarios as if any team wants him, like it's I a laugh. throw in. I it's laugh. A like, throw in. like this is classic sports radio where you call up FAN and you say, Oh, you know, I'd like to trade so and so for Mike Trout. You know, I uh, I I'd like to trade Tyler Wade and uh, you know, I'd like to trade <laughs> like name your scrub player Ronald Torres for Mike Trout, like for all you Yankee fans out there. Like, like it's uh, Denzel Mims is zero value. So if you want Amari Cooper, start with something that's not Denzel Mims and work your way from there. Guys, how much time do I have you left for? We got to burn through a few more Super Chats. If not, I don't mind rattling through them myself, but we're getting towards the end of our 10 o'clock commitment. So you guys let me know uh, if you can go for another half hour or so. Um, Greenbean, I know you have your after hours stream. Um, so just let me know what you guys are thinking. I have to eat my Chipotle and sweat out the last two minutes of this Knicks game, but I got a couple more minutes with you till 10, so or uh, at 10 Eastern, so all good. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll rattle through this real quick. Um, I saw, all right. So we'll, we'll get Sean's scenario. Then we'll look at the, um, our t-shirt giveaway and then I'll, I'll go through and I'll respond to some of these super chats here. Uh, Sean with the super chat says crazy scenario. If we draft Burks, would you draft Jameson Williams at 35 or even trade up at the end of the first for him? This is pending. No big signing. Um, I would take Jameson Williams at 35 if he fell to us. Um, because Corey Davis, I believe there's an out in his contract after next year. Um, it's not that I wouldn't want to keep him, but I think the value in Jamison Williams being as elite as he is, um, I don't think I'd trade up if we had gotten Burks earlier, but at 35, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be upset with it. I think we have other major holes to fill, um, but the value might be too good to pass up there. Uh, Greenbean, what are your thoughts on possibly drafting uh, Williams after taking Burks. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm also in the same pocket that if a guy that talented is slipping, we know why, because that heartbreaking, terrible injury happened to the poor guy uh, so late in the game here. But if he starts sliding into the second round, it, it's really tough to ignore 
uh, a talent like that. Because like Jake said earlier, ACLs are nothing anymore. I mean, you know he's going to come back. It's 99% chance that he's going to come back and be the same player. That said, um, maybe not at 35. Uh, it's just tough to take Traylon Burks and take uh, you know take him. But if he's there, you definitely got to consider it. What about you, Jake? How are you feeling about possibly taking Williams after taking Burks? Run to the podium if he's there. I don't see it happening, though. I still think he's a first-round pick. Um, all right. Jake, I'm going to have you go to your most recent YouTube video. Uh, and Green Bean, I'm going to have you go to last week's Talking Jets panel. We're going to pick some qualifiers uh, for this T-shirt giveaway that we're going to do right now. Jake, I'm going to ask you to give me five names. Green Bean, I'm going to ask you to give me five names. Uh, right now, I have Spin Max, Dave, Bobby M, Chris N3, Noel Suez, Gitmo Bob, Ant Jets 82, Tony G, NY Jets Florida, uh, John Idzik, Joseph Grana, Connor Doherty, Triple B 29 Rob, James Thrice, uh, AC just got qualified as well. We're going to have Nightbot pick another winner too. Um, so once I get that winner up from here, then I'll get your thoughts uh, as well. Come on, Nightbot. Give me someone else here. What we got going on? Uh, CT Blaze 28. CT Blaze 28. You have been qualified for our t-shirt giveaway. And uh, Jake, I'm going to go to you first. Give me five commenters from your most recent video. You know, I hope I, I, five at least. <laughs> I, no, we definitely did. A bunch of people commented, but it's funny. My most recent videos have been text and stuff. I usually post the jet video every day in the morning. So all my, all the people that watch my radio show here in Houston are going to be like, why the hell is everyone saying Jets talk sent me here? What does that have anything to do with if Nick Casario is going to trade the third pick <laughs> in the draft? Uh, but here are a couple names for you here. Uh, Aaron Harm. That's H-A-R-M. Okay. Uh, uh, Randy Martinez. Okay. Uh, let me try and just go random here so I don't favor someone. Uh, my guy, Dark Soldier. He's a big-time uh, listener to the, to the content. Let's give him. Big fan. Uh, um, let's see. Let's go with Zane Game 2-4. Game 2-4. Okay. One more. One more. This is tough. So many comments that I feel bad having to pick. I'm going to just close my eyes and pick someone random. Here we go. Uh, all right. Wherever my mouse hovers, I'm going. We're going with Mikey G. Mikey G. All right. Green Bean, give me five from your side as well. All right. We got, I'm just going top down. Eric Craig. Eric with a C. Yep. What's up, Eric? We got Mike Kaz, C-O-S apostrophes okay. jets all the time jets all time okay we got ja l like j a dash e l da d a 12 jewels ja l da 12 jewels okay yeah it's a biggie two more now we got keith keith trailer taylor with an r trailer okay and one more and then we got Stud City 718. What a name. <laughs> Stud <Yeah>. City. <laughs> we got Lower some good numbers, ones. 718? 718. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, Jake, you're going to get uh, introduced to a little bit of odds or evens here on the Jets Talk panel. You know how to play odds or evens? Odds or evens. I'm sure I can figure it out. I hope it's not too difficult. So you Quick. throw up. 
a, a few fingers when yep. I count down from three, and I'm going to eliminate based on odds or evens. So three, two, one. All right, evens are gone. This is good. This was a good night. We got a, a bunch of people commenting and getting eliminated from a t-shirt contest. All right, next round. Three, two, one. What is that? That's an even number. Okay, bam. There's got to be a faster way to do this. Maybe if I just did it like not <laughs> scratching each individual name off. Okay, odds are evens. Three, two, one. What is that? That's an odd. That's an odd. Okay. Words are hard tonight, boys. John Idzik, gone. Randy Martinez, gone. Oh, no. Stud City, gone. We're John down Idzik. to three. He's We're back. down to three. <laughs> John Idzik is back. We're down to Gitmo Bob, <laughs> uh, James Thrice, and Eric Craig. So, all right. Chat, give me one number. The first number that pops up, plus whatever we do. Three, two, one. That's seven, eight. What's the next number? Let's see. In the chat, two. So we're going evens. Ooh, we get one more round. All right, so we're down to Gitmo Bob and Eric Craig. Chat, next wow. number up after gangrene. Three, two, one. That's an odd number. Plus a five. So we got evens. All right, Gitmo Bob. Gitmo Bob, you are our T-shirt giveaway winner. Make sure you reach out to me on one of my social media channels. I'll get your information. I'll send you out a t-shirt. Uh, you'll get one of either the Wall Street Wilson or one of the Division Rival shirts um, or a different shirt of your choosing if you choose. So make sure you reach out to me. Um, let's go around our panel. We'll give our closing thoughts and then I'll say goodbye to Green Bean and Jake and I'll go through and I'll, I'll rattle off the rest of these Super Chat questions. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been fun. So uh, Jake, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast having you here. We hope to have you on again for sure. Uh, tell us where we can find you, what you got going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thanks for having me, man. It was great to have you on my show over the weekend. Green Bean, I know we're in the we're in talks of making something happen again real soon. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, you know, I always say the Jet fan base has got to be the most passionate fan base in the NFL. There's no other fan base that has this many great content creators on YouTube. Like I live in Houston. It's the fourth biggest city in the country. I talk about the Texans every day. I post clips from my radio show on YouTube. We're like the only ones that ho have any content talking about the team every day. It's crazy. So on YouTube, there's like a thousand people talking jets every day. So it's, uh, you know, it's incredible. The, uh, the fan base that, you know, the, the, the jets have. So appreciate all you guys supporting the channel. I post a, a jet video, at least once a day on my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Jake Asman. So if you like the Jets, if you like Ryan, if you like Green Bean, you'll like my content as well. So thanks so much for watching and supporting. I love it. I love it. Green Bean, any last words for our panel? Yeah, I want to thank you guys too. I had a good time tonight. Sorry for the internet stuff. It's really good one second and then non-existent the next. My bad. We're going to try it again at 1030 over on my channel, Green Bean Jets fan. See how we get through that. And uh, I love to have you guys. We have a good time at the After Hours Jets Fest. All are welcome. And this is Green Bean's last After Hours Jet Fest this week. So make sure you hang out over there as well. Guys, it's been a lot of fun having you in there. Jake, Green Bean, I'm going to say goodbye to you now. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. I will talk to you throughout the week, I'm sure. And uh, anytime something big pops up, Jetland, I'll be asking your thoughts. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Let Woo!
man, we got some good guests. I shouldn't say good guests because Green Bean and Matt are always here. But Jake, man, what a good dude. We like him. <laughs> He's a good dude. All right, we got Big Joe coming in with Super Chat. Big Joe drops in and says, hey, fellas, I know it's a uh, this is revisionist history, but humor me here. If the Jets headed... Uh, if the Jets had drafted Dan Marino years ago, how many Super Bowls would the Jets have won? Um, I mean, you would have hoped through the sack exchange years, you could have won something for sure. Um, more more than one? <laughs> we'll say more, more than just the 69 one or 68 one? Um, yeah, that, that'll be my answer. Um, all right, Scott Rondale. Thank you so much for the super chat. Scott says... Uh, do you guys look at the 49ers as a reflection as to what the Jets could be guessing on how Douglas and Salah think they probably go heavy in the trenches? Um, well, Salah and the floor or Salah and Douglas have both said they want to go heavy on the offensive and defensive lines. That's something they, they definitely believe in. Um, and I would definitely look at the 49ers as to how they would want to run at least the, I would say both sides, offensive and defensive. Uh, maybe you say defense defensive is a little different now that Sal is no longer there, but offensively, I would think whatever they were doing uh, with Shanahan would absolutely be what you'd want to do uh, with, uh, with the floor here. So yeah, look, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, let's see. Then we got another super chat from Scott Rundell. So let me throw that up and see what I just possibly missed. <laughs> I, I should, I should read these things before I put them on screen. I'm like Ron Burgundy in that respect. Uh, 49ers as reflection, what I meant. 49ers as reflection from previous Super Chat. Ah, yeah, we got you. We understand. Uh, Joseph Grana, I don't see a Super Chat in there, but thank you so much for the the donation, brother. Much appreciated. Um, Marty Thompson drops in with a Super Chat. Uh, Marty says, good day, mate. Aussie Jet here. Do we need another running back? If so, who? Running back's not an area that I would over be overly concerned about. I would say I would be looking towards uh, the draft and also, you know, just inward towards some of our guys because I like what we got in Michael Carter. I would re-sign Tevin Coleman as our second running back. And then if we have, uh, you know, Ty Johnson and, and uh, Austin Walter as running backs three and four, I'm kind of okay with it. I would like a bigger body type running back uh, for goal line situations, but if we had to roll in with what we got right now, I'm 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 not really upset with it at all. Uh, Cyril Devine, thank you so much for the super chat. I don't see a question attached to it, so thank you all the same. Thomas Cahill drops in a super chat says, "Can we get Spiller uh, as a counterweight to Carter?" Um, I'm assuming you're talking draft. I actually have no idea who Spiller is in terms of the draft. I apologize. I would love to actually have a little more information. So hopefully I'll do some more research and I can get back to you on that particular comment. Uh, Dimitri drops in with a super super chat. Dimitri says, can Denzel Mims be salvaged by the Jets or is he already a bust? Um, It's one of those situations, right? Like my dad always used to tell me that you only get one chance to make a first impression. And from what we've seen from Denzel Mims over the course of the last year, it's kind of tough to think that he's going to be able to reclaim himself. I think he can still be a good receiver in this league. I just don't think it's going to end up being with the New York Jets. I think he's not on the roster week one of the 2022 season. I think he might at best make it to camp with us, but I think he's ultimately going to wind up being cut. 
sadly. And I, that's someone I was incredibly high on in the draft uh, just last year or two years ago now. Uh, AZ Jets drops in the Super Chat, says, trade the fourth pick for two of the Eagles' first rounders, then take Linderbaum at 10 and hope to grab Burks or Dean later in the draft. Sign me up for that. I think there's going to be a lot of people talking about trading down with the Eagles just because they have the two first-round picks. Um, I believe if they were to give up picks 19 and 16, I think is what it is, that gets them up to number four. Um, so you wouldn't be able to get the two earlier ones, but I, I believe 19 and 16 does work out all right. Um, and if they're jumping up for... I, the question for me is, who are they jumping up for? Because I would have no problem taking Linderbaum or Burks or Dean with those three first-round picks. I just have a hard time thinking they're going to be trading up uh, for anyone unless one of the top edges is there. And at that point, I'm taking the top edge. I'm not trading down uh, there. But I do like Linderbaum, and I do like Dean, and I do like Burks. So that's my my thoughts on that. Um, let's see. Family Man drops in with Super Chat. What's up, brother? Thank you so much. Says, should Salah adjust his scheme so defensive tackles like Foley are two-gapping on rundowns instead of running upfield and opening huge running lanes. I think what you'll wind up seeing next year is John Franklin Myers and Quinnen Williams at the defensive tackle positions. I don't think Foley's going to end up being here next year. Um, and then I would look for the edge rushers, Lawson and whoever we wind up bringing in, whether it be for agency or someone in the draft, uh, alongside Huff, really bringing a lot of heat on the uh, edges. And then Quinnen and John Franklin Myers pushing more up the field and having your linebackers clean up the running game. And I think having some safety help a little bit further back is going to help CJ Mosley and that linebacking core. I think we got a little less from CJ Mosley this year because of the deficiencies we had at the safety position. Um, I don't have anything I can really justify that with. It's just sort of a feeling um, when you're kind of caught in the middle of two areas and the front is a little bit better than the back half. I think you probably favor one side over the other, but again, I'm, I'm probably just kind of guessing at that. Uh, Thomas Cahill drops in with a super chat. Thomas says, uh, Isaiah, is that, is that how you say it? Isia Spiller, Texas A&M, 220 pound, six foot one, great runner, beastly. Okay. I'm going to have to watch this guy because 220 at six one, that's a big dude. Um, I would say the LaFleur system and the Shanahan system definitely calls more for um, speed, like sub 4-4 type running backs. So if he can hit that mark or close to it at that height, um, I think you might have something there. But I don't know. I, it depends where you'd have to take him. I don't know where he's ranked in particular, um, but running back would not be very high on my list. I don't think I would touch one at best fourth round, but – I mean, I'm probably looking fifth round, realistically. Uh, the Marty Thompson drops in, brother, with another super chat. Aussie Jet says, Mims can be salvaged. He was injured and needs to go. And needs to go. What was, What's with all the little squigglies over the ends? Do they do squiggles over in Australia? I didn't know they did squiggles down there. Or upside down there. Um, <laughs> Mims can be salvaged. He was injured and needs to go. He, hmm. Mims can be salvaged. I I have a hard time believing he's going to be salvaged here. That's just just a gut feeling. I got nothing to back that up whatsoever, but I'd be pretty concerned. Um, I wouldn't bank on Denzel Mims being better and can be salvaged because 
if you do that, then you're probably skipping over some of the free agent wide receivers or, or tradable wide receivers or draft picks that you could be taking because you're banking on Denzel Mims. And I unfortunately will not be banking on either Makai Becton or Denzel Mims uh, heading into next year. And that's not to say I don't have hope for him. I really do. Um, I have more hope with Becton than I do with Mims just based on the amount of playing time we saw from Mims. I think he had like, he had way more snaps than I thought throughout the season. I think he ended with like 200 snaps. Um, and which means he probably only had maybe double digit targets. Um, really a no go. So I would say, uh, I don't think Denzel Mims is going to be salvaged. Whoo, man. That was a lot of talking to do. I like that. That was fun. I like Jake. Wish we had Matt a little bit longer. Uh, I love Green Bean. So guys, if you're going to check out Green Bean stream, he starts over there on his channel at 1030. He's got his after hours stream there. Um, I'll have some videos coming out over the course of the next few days. I think I'm going to start doing my 10 o'clock mocks again for, for the members only. That's as one of the perks for you guys joining the channel. We could go over a whole bunch of different free agent and draft scenarios. It's kind of intimate. It's more of like a half hour to 45 minute type stream. Um, where it's just kind of you and me and it's, it's kind of nice, but it's for members only. So you guys that want to join the channel, if you want to support the content, um, clearly this stuff gets put out for free. So, so it's always appreciated, uh, you know, via super chat or, or, or membership, whatever you do, but guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you all coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I look forward to getting some more guests and some more people on in the coming weeks. Uh, Marty Thompson dropping in with the last second super chat says, uh, I so wanted us to get CD Lamb. Can you imagine? Oh, dude, CD Lamb. If I knew what I knew about Becton now, I would take CD Lamb. <laughs> or no, actually, no. I'm sorry. I would take Worfs, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I hear you, brother. All right, boys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Ryan. This is Jets Talk signing off. J E T S.